0: You're listening to episode 207 of the Mad Chatters Podcast, November 7th,
1: 2018. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. I'm Derek, and I'm joined by my
2: co-host, Jeremy. Shana la ta. I was trying to do the Navi shaman, but I can't. <laughs> I don't know, that was pretty close. And joining
0: us this week is a voice you've heard here before. He's co-host of the 3028 podcast. It's Matt Parrish. How are you guys? Good. We're good. We're excited for you to join us. And I have to say, as a Walt Disney World enthusiast, I find your show to be so much fun to listen to. And Thank that's you. Well, that's because you focus on so many aspects of the parks, like down to tiny details like staircases and <laughs> bathrooms and murals. Uh, so my question for you is, is there a topic you've done in your 60-some episodes that especially stands out to you as a favorite?
3: Oh, my gosh. Um, you know what's funny? One that, you know, I, I don't know if, how well you follow the downloads on your show, but sometimes I just peek in there and I'm like, what are people liking and what what are they not liking? There's a show that I love, and it's just about the scores that you hear around Walt Disney World. And that's my favorite show that we've ever done because I, I used all the scores inside the show, like sort of subtly. And it doesn't have near the downloads as some of the other ones, but that is my favorite one.
0: Listen, you are with Kindred Spirits here. We always go
3: back to music, I feel like, on this episode or on this show. Absolutely. Yeah. Music is always good. And Disney does it so well. And they've, they change it. And there's awesome vintage music. There's like just so much great stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree.
3: It's, it's essential. And yet I think it kind
0: of, it, it's like you notice it, but you don't notice it. You know what I mean? You may not be able to walk away and know what you were listening to, but if it weren't there, you would know. That's the brilliance of it, I yeah. think.
2: Yep, I agree. Uh, so uh, I meant to tell you this, Derek, too, uh, t- since you brought up music, um, and especially using Disney music in your everyday life. So Behind the Waterfall, which is one of my favorite pieces of music, which is not a Disney original music piece of music, I understand, but it, it is used in the parks. And I associate it with Disney parks, of course. And to me, it just relieves my stress and calms me down instantly when I hear it. Um, so part of my job in the real world outside of the Disney universe, I, one aspect of it is sometimes people's vital signs get out of range and I have to retest them to make sure that they're okay to continue in the process that they're going into. So usually it's an elevated pulse because people are unhealthy and, uh, or they have anxiety about being stuck with a needle. And I bring them into my office. I turn on behind the waterfalls. <laughs> I get them to calm down a little bit. And then they pass through every time.
1: Yes. I listened to that song.
2: Shoulder, oh, my shoulders just dropped a little bit when you started doing that. That like, just,
3: song, for whatever reason, like it was there in the 90s. And like when I when I first started getting into Disney scores and stuff, I, that was like one of the first ones I heard. Like my brother had it. And I was like, oh, my God, that like takes me to that took me to Walt Disney World more than any other song. I can see that.
0: I can see that. That and the uh, the Star Tunnel, the queue for Space Mountain, those two ah, are so soothing to me.
2: Yes. Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. yes.
0: Ah, so good. For the so
3: trumpet good. one. Yeah, all that
0: stuff. Uh-huh. Good. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, eventually I guess we'll have to have you back on for a music episode, I guess. But on this week's show, we want to honor someone who's celebrating a very special birthday. Mickey and Minnie Mouse made their public debut on November eighteenth. 1928, 90 years ago this month. And on this week's episode, we want to feature a few segments that pay tribute to the mouse who started it all. So, first up, we're going to go Behind the Magic. Behind the Magic. Now, Behind the Magic is a segment in which we focus on one area or attraction or aspect of the parks, and we take a closer look at its finer details and describe the things we love about it or the things we think make it special. And for this week's edition of Behind the Magic, we're going to focus in on the various iterations of Mickey that have appeared in the parks. So we're not talking about attractions, per se, but more the costumed Mickeys. Uh, spoiler, kids. Uh, the costumed Mickeys that have appeared in parades and at meet and greets, since the parks first opened okay so before we get to some of our favorites i want to pose this question to you guys what do you think makes mickey meet and greets so special like today and even from the day the parks opened because he's been around for 90 years but parents i feel like still tease disney vacations by saying
2: oh you're gonna meet mickey aren't you so excited I think it comes down to the fact that Mickey has become so iconic in not only American culture, but just worldwide culture throughout the years. Uh, I think they did like a study or something some years ago of like um, images that are instantly recognizable about, by children around the world. And like the McDonald's logo was one of them and, you know, all these kind of and Mickey Mouse was definitely recognized by children all over the world. and And I think it's just because people identify that with the nostalgia of their childhood and so it doesn't matter if you're four years old and you're watching mickey mouse clubhouse which is maybe one of the first exposures to television um that you that you've had or if you're you know i almost said 94 but that would not make sense because Mickey's only 90. Uh, But I guess maybe, you know, whatever, you could be a little older. But if you're an older person, you still have some kind of connection to Mickey Mouse. He somehow seems to connect with every generation and every generation has a special Mickey. Like the Mickey that I grew up with is different than the Mickey that's on TV now and different than the Mickey that my mom saw growing up. And yet they're all still
3: connected. That's a great point. Yeah. And and Mickey has sort of changed his interactivity with with uh, followers of Disney and even people who just casually like Disney. So like in my era, which is like the 80s and 90s, um, he was this sort of big, bright, iconic star, but it wasn't necessarily geared at children like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So now kids today, you have Mickey, who is like the best friend of a toddler or whatever. I think what makes him special at the theme parks is is the exclusivity of him. And what I mean by that is it, you don't just see him everywhere. You have to make a special appointment. And that's kind of always been true since the late 80s, since they did Mickey's Birthday Land. Uh, they've kind of made that a special moment. It's more special than seeing uh, the Country Bears or, or whatever character you can think of. Mickey, you kind of set a date uh, to see him. And and then at some point you see him and, it, and it's supposed to make your... Make your trip and everybody. And, and, and like you mentioned, he's he's one of the most recognizable characters on the face of the earth. And that's not just in North America. You know, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. You
2: never really see Mickey walking anywhere. He's no. he's at his meeting greets or he's in a show, but he's never you know going backstage to and for. To and fro, like you do the other characters. That's a very interesting point. Yeah, I've never noticed that either. I mean, I
0: feel like in Animal Kingdom, you always see Goofy and Pluto walking to their spot, but not Mickey. And I think that's why it's what I'm getting at with, like, Fantasmic or, you know, the finale of Festival of Fantasy. The kids say, it's Mickey! It's Mickey! Because that's what they've been waiting for. And as much as it is Cinderella's Kingdom, no one thinks of it that way. They think of it as Mickey's home more than Cinderella's home, you know? So I just think it's fascinating. But we are going to talk about some of the mini Mickeys, uh, many <laughs> Mickeys, M-A-N-Y Mickeys, <laughs> that have appeared uh, at Walt Disney World specifically. But I feel like we can't adequately cover all of the iterations if we don't first start at the beginning and talk about those weird looking Mickeys <laughs> that appeared at Disneyland during its first
2: couple of decades. I assume you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they almost looked like 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 rhinoceroses in a sense of like the way the face is structured. Like it was very long and cylindrical almost. And I, this is just weird. And I know it was a different time and it was a different era, but how anyone looked at that and goes, that's Mickey Mouse is beyond my comprehension.
0: Well, to be fair, I think you're talking about the ones that showed up at the Snow White premiere. No, I'm also talking about the ones
2: in 1955 oh, okay. showed up yeah. at the park.
0: The ones from the Ice Capades. Have you heard about yes. this? Yeah, yeah. So apparently m- characters were not ready yet when the park opened, as many things were not ready when the park opened. And so they borrowed the Mickey and Minnie that were already being used in the Ice Capades, which obviously have to be built a little different because they're skating and they're very active. And they brought those to the park. See, I feel like those look way more like Mickey and Mouse or Mickey and Minnie than the ones at the Snow White premiere did.
3: I I totally agree. The ones, uh, the 55 ones are terrifying, uh-huh. by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, even the ones at the Snow White premiere, I mean, because Mickey's already an icon before you get Snow White in uh, in the late 30s there. And those, uh, any of those like pre-60 are to me terrifying. Uh, also, Donald Duck was scary. A lot of those characters were scary looking.
0: It's true. Like you can clearly tell, it's a person in a unitard
3: with mouse-like features added in. And I think rhinoceros was a great way to uh, is a great way to describe that. Uh, always, it seemed like their faces were like pointing toward the sky. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Now, Jeremy, the picture you're showing me, that's from Disneyland. And do you notice how it has the big holes in the face, like the long strips? Yes. Apparently, that was because of the ice capades. Like, obviously, if you're skating, you're going to need a wider range of vision. Gotcha. And then when they brought them to the park, they still had those long holes. But it's like, we probably don't need those now.
2: Well, and I like the Donald Duck mask clearly has the eye holes in the neck. Like, <laughs> it's like Donald has this gaping hole in his neck. He was a
3: smoker. Yeah. And like you mentioned the unitard, they didn't even uh, they didn't pay much attention to what was going on below the head. Right? It's <laughs> yeah. just like a, either a unitard or some kind of random like schoolboy outfit is very strange. Yeah,
2: there's a there's a meme going around of like one of the earlier Mickey's standing next to one of the Disney ambassadors from back in the 60s, I guess. And it, it says something to the effect of that awkward moment when Mickey has better legs than you. And it's clearly a female in the Mickey costume that, you know, with the spandex, has great legs and, and is, is not ashamed of them. So Mickey's Mickey's on fleek, as the kids are saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Uh, now, real quick, I also want to talk about the next
0: iteration that I feel like went even further away from the real Mickey, these are these were designed by John Hinch, and they were a little bit shorter. I think the head, the face, the real person's face was in the hat, but they had those oversized heads. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but the the heads are probably two feet high, three feet high maybe, and the person's arms are not actually in the real arms, so the arms are immovable. Something
2: like the picture I'm showing you here. Something yeah. like that, yeah. It's so weird, like. And and look at in this picture especially here the torso the torso like his upper like the Mickey's chest is so tiny like no this is
0: yeah I don't know who approved these Well I think they were doing that on purpose cuz it is more proportionate to the character I I guess it makes him feel shorter you know as a part, as opposed to long and thin like a human would do
3: Yeah it looks less like a man or woman and exactly. more like a, a character Yes I totally agree
2: I think, I think like the Mad Hatter had a similar costume. Yes. Yeah.
0: They kind of walk around like those weebles or the wobbles or whatever it is. Because they can't <laughs> the move their arms. arms. Yeah. So they, they wobble, just... but they don't fall down. <laughs> That's exactly right. it. Hopefully they don't fall down. I'm afraid these guys
2: did every once in a while. No, but then in the 1960s, I think is when we finally start seeing Mickey yes. becoming Mickey
0: Mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The oversized red pants with the buttons. The yellow bow tie.
3: And the face is more symmetrical. It's cartoony and it looks um, more like the character that you see on TV.
0: One thing I do notice when looking at those pictures, though, is the hands are just human hands in white gloves. Like they haven't yet gotten to the oversized Mickey hands. Yes,
3: that's a great point, too. And I don't know if that's because they were used. They needed the dexterity then or not.
2: Yeah. For signatures, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, too, if it's just me, but I feel like the the this Mickey's ears are way bigger than the current <laughs> Mickey's ears. I agree. And the black thing above his eyes, I call
0: it a widow's peak. I don't know. But it's way down close yes. to his eyes. but Very
2: I, Eddie <laughs> Munster-ish.
0: Yes, totally. But eventually that sort of has receded over time.
2: Well, he is 90. That's <laughs>
0: true. That's <laughs> very true. Yeah. Do you, do your eyes get smaller when you get older, too? Uh oh. late.
3: I don't know. Everything else gets bigger. So maybe your eyes just appear smaller.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting.
3: (laughs) Uh, We are doctors.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So even that classic look has gotten updates over the years. Like as we talked about, the eyes got smaller. I know just two years ago when Shanghai Disneyland opened, we got the Mickey that we have now who I think looks closer to the Mickey Mouse Club cartoons. He's got the narrower eyes. Matt, what were your thoughts when they first debuted that Mickey just a few years ago?
3: Um, it, did he first debut with the uh, Town Square, Mickey, or was it with Shanghai? It was
0: with Shanghai first. And it's actually, I think he debuted in Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair that same day. But he didn't show up in Town Square for months because
3: it drove me crazy. He, um, I, you know, it's. Uh, I'm trying to th- see what like the actual difference is in his face. I think um, the, the more modern ones almost look like they're... They're um, overdeveloped, almost. I don't know. I think it's because I grew up with the other, with the like the uh, the eighties and nineties Mickey, so the ones today seem a lot more like the Clubhouse version.
0: Okay, I'm showing you now a side by side. Can you see that?
3: Yes, yes, yes.
0: So the eyes
2: definitely are narrower now. The face is a little more round. Is w- or That's am I seeing what I was that right?
3: Looks like a the... little rounder. Has rounder features, almost like more more dimensional. It's almost like he lost a little weight is kind
0: of what it looks like to me. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually a big fan of it. I think it looks closer to the cartoon, Uh, but it is a it is a probably the biggest stray from that classic look that we've had in a long
2: time. You know, with the new the new Mickey attraction going in at Hollywood Studios, I would love to see some references to Scary Town Mickey from back in the day in there. (laughs) Like, guys, I was going through a hard time. It was a phase. (laughs) Well, talk about a different
0: look. That attraction is going to be based on the shorts, which look
2: very different. Yeah, I I think that's a bad move because who really remembers those shorts now even? I mean, it's only been a year and it's been like five. Oh, has it been that long? Yeah, I think they started
0: in 2013. Oh,
2: my.
3: Yeah, the first ones on DVD were like 13. Um, Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. And, you know, they, they go through different iterations with the characters. You can see it with Donald, too, through the ages, how he's changed. And there's a more modern Donald that's used. Even look at the modern DuckTales and compare that to, like, the late 80s DuckTales. They're much more anime style. And this Mickey, the one we're going to get on Runaway Railway, is um, I don't. Is he going to stand the test of time? Are we going to think of Mickey in that light in 15 years? I don't know. That's a great point. Yeah, I don't know either. It, it's going to be interesting.
0: I, I think... It'll work well, actually. I think it'll feel like sort of an isolated attraction with that style Mickey. And I don't, I think when you, for me, when I leave the attraction, I'll leave it behind, if that makes sense, and kind of separate the two.
3: I think that's what they want people to do. I I think they want people to think of the iconic Mickey at the Magic Kingdom and think of this Mickey as the sort of media Mickey.
0: Oh, yeah, interesting. Well, speaking of that, like, pretty much all we've talked about so far has been that classic Mickey with the red pants, the yellow bow tie, but just, like, different shapes of the face and things like that. Um, but now I want to talk about some of the outfits we've seen Mickey don throughout the years, or even currently you can find him in many outfits across property. And as you talk about that, the, the, the different Mickey at Hollywood Studios, I'm realizing that the only time you can see classic Mickey is at Epcot, if I'm correct. Well, what do you mean
2: by classic Mickey? Like in the red pants? Yeah,
0: his red pants with the yellow bow tie, the vest. Yellow bow
2: tie. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, gotcha, because I, when I think classic Mickey even further back than that, I'm thinking just like the red shorts with the little white buttons and no shirt, which is only seen in Fantasmic. Oh.
3: That's a great point. Yeah, that's another iteration of that. You don't see that anywhere else, I don't think.
2: But, you know, I think Walt did a great thing. Uh, when, when kind of creating Mickey Mouse and the Mickey Shorts originally is that he made it very distinct that Mickey Mouse is an actor who is playing these roles. He is not Steamboat Willie. He's playing the part of Steamboat Willie, and so as you go through, you know, all these Mickey iterations, it's not. It's not Mickey is a sorcerer's apprentice, but he's playing the sorcerer's apprentice. So that way you can really put Mickey in any costume and it becomes appropriate. He, it's almost like a, a Barbie doll effect, you know? It's yeah. like, Barbie's not an astronaut, but in this iteration, she's an astronaut, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and that's why it's so great that we're able to get Mickey in all these different contexts, and it never feels weird or something the character would
3: not do.
0: So from 1971 until today, What's one of your favorite costumes that Mickey has put on?
3: Uh, for me, personally, um, I'm not as big of a fan of the of the town square Mickey, the top hat, because um, it's a pretty far departure. I I like the... Um, I know we talked about this before the show, but I love the spaceman Mickey. I love the... The rainbow, spacesuit, uh, the whole nine yards there with the, with the Fab Five. Because I remember them well. And I remember how like stark it felt or jarring it felt to sort of see those characters at Epcot. And there was a while there in the late 80s where they were literally just walk-around characters. Like there was no exclusive date. There was no meet time. You would just see them somewhere as a group. And they were all wearing space gear. I love it. To be
0: completely honest, the Space Mickey was the reason I wanted to do this segment, because I wanted to bring (laughs) him up so bad. Have you seen the little display? I think it's at Mouse Gear, maybe? But there's a window display
3: of Mickey wearing that suit. It's about two feet high. I have not. I don't think I've seen that. I I remember... There was a, um, were you there for the 25th of Epcot, Epcot's 25th? I think it was 07, I guess. I was there
0: for the 35th. (laughs) Okay.
3: (laughs) Well, the 25th, they didn't do a whole lot, but there was this little museum, like almost like a one man's dream, but it was specific to early Epcot attractions. And I believe they had those suits in there.
0: Okay. Well, I keep seeing pictures of it. And every time I'm at Epcot, I forget to look, but it's some display over by Mask Gear and it's not real big, but Mickey is definitely in his space outfit so was that the first time okay so i know when epcot opened in 82 there there were no traditional disney characters and eventually they added them was that the first mickey that appeared in epcot i do
3: believe so so that would have been like 86 87 88 um and then really into the early 90s there was that version of mickey and you would see the traditional mickey there every once in a while as well
2: And, you know, I mean, I I, I get it and I love it. And that's something that is such a time capsule that I don't think they'd ever be able to repeat again. But I just want to go back in time and be a fly on the wall of that costume designing meeting. Because (laughs) how they came to futuristic Spaceman Mickey with these rainbows just plastered on their front like a Care Bear. Like, it's uh, it's so wacky. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's so wonderful.
0: <laughs> it is great. It makes for a great meme, the picture where they're all walking away from Spaceship Earth. You know, like, I always see captions that say something like... Like, me and my squad. <laughs> yeah, or we dropped our first album, it's gonna be tight, or something like that.
3: That is a great point, though, the rainbow thing. The, believe it or not, rainbows were kind of big. You mentioned Care Bears, and that was kind of an icon of, like, the mid-'80s. And then you also had reading rainbow which was an iconic show of the 80s so rainbows were kind of in for a while there that's
2: true yeah uh, and then you know you you kind of couple that with like captain eel which was happening at the same time yes. so epcot was just an acid trip i mean just from <laughs> start to finish well i it just makes me glad because to me that's
0: so 80s but it makes me glad that we didn't get a 90s mickey with like jinko jeans you know oh, and like a chain oh. and grunge and uh oh. Um, you, no. you know,
3: what's funny, sometimes they when they animated Mickey on like, um, you know, some of those specials, I think I was watching one the other day. It was from 1991 and it was like 50 years of magic or something like that. It was like the 50 years of the Burbank studio, essentially. And they did 90s up Mickey. He was like <laughs> his pants were baggy and his no. face was a little bit different. It was really not good.
0: Well, if we're talking about Mickey's from the past, one of my favorites was also the Mickey that appeared on Spectro Magic. Because he had that long cape. And he had almost like the Dracula cape behind him that came up behind his head. And it had the strip of lights on it. Almost like a movie theater strip of lights on the floor. I thought that one was great.
2: Yeah, with the, with his little, um, very 80s, the ball you touch <laughs> that makes like the, the... I don't even know how... I mean, it's science on some level, I'm sure. But like the... Electrical-looking
3: lights. The static was it? like static, a static? There you go. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like you could buy them at Spencers and put them <laughs> in your room next to your lava lamp. By the way, there's lava lamps for sale in uh, Pandora at Animal Kingdom. I saw today. So apparently, lava lamps are coming back. They're they have like uh, Pandora-esque, you know, detail on the outside. So I don't know if they're trying to sell them as like little baby Navi being incubated or something. I don't know. But
3: they have those at Wind Traders
2: yeah they're there i saw them today i was like oh that's different (laughs) my favorite mickey though throughout the uh throughout the years and i think this is just special to me because we were there and that is the 60th anniversary of disneyland mickey i love that outfit it's so classy and so like clean cut to me it just, and Minnie's dress, you know, we, Mickey gets all the love. Minnie is just as old as Mickey is and just as celebrated, should be anyways. But both of their outfits for that for that year were just uh, very well done. Yeah,
0: I agree. If we're talking current day, some of my favorites are, I actually like his outfit in Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair. He's got the, the purple tights and the uh, medieval type top. That I like a lot. And then over in Disneyland, if you see him on Buena Vista Street, he has the the high gray pants with suspenders. Yes. And he's and got Newsy. the Newsboy cap. Yeah, I think that one's great.
3: Yes. The only other one that, that I really think of, and I don't know why it stands out to me, um, is the one that Mickey wears specifically at the Halloween parties. Mickey's not so scary, and he wears it in the parade, and it's got that purple and the orange in it. Yeah. Yep, yep. He only wears that uh, during that time of year. And it just, I don't know, it just sort of speaks to uh, several trips I've had in in October or September.
0: Yeah, he's got the lime green bow tie, too. So all three Halloween colors.
3: Yeah, there you go.
2: I still think they ought to do a meet and greet, though, with Steamboat Willie. Oh, yeah. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Maybe, what if you did, what if you did, stay with me here. What if you did a a meet and greet of uh, Steamboat Willie... Come up with an old school mini the way she used to look with like the one flower that came out of her hat. Do you remember what I'm talking about back in the old mini, you know, Mickey Mini Minnie cartoons? So do do classic, classic mini and Oswald. Yes, I'm here for that.
3: There was an Oswald sort of movement there for a few years, you know, when they when they got the rights back to him. And I'm surprised they didn't do more. I saw a lot of plush and I saw T-shirts, but I never saw an actual walk around or, or meet and greet. That would have been really sweet, though.
2: There was a, it was out at Disneyland, but not not never here or DCA.
0: Yeah. Oh, there really was one. Yeah, they had him for four or five years and just recently got rid of him. So okay. he was popular.
3: Well Disney World, you know, they had to have Duffy out there for a while. So we <laughs> we couldn't put Oswald and Duff that's too many characters.
0: That's true. Mm. That's true. Uh yeah, so have you also seen pictures of him at of Mickey at uh Port Orleans French Quarter every once in a while? I, it might just be during Mardi Gras, but he dresses as a jester. Oh, cool! No, yeah. I have not seen that one. If you get a chance, look it up. It's, I think it's only during Mardi Gras, but yeah, if you're at Port Orleans French Quarter near the lobby, he just kind of shows up and takes some pictures with guests. And
2: this one too, I always think is kind of cute, and that's when he's in his overalls and like the yellow like farmer shirt. I think it's over at uh... it's at Garden Grill in Epcot. Garden Grill, yeah. Like I don't know why, I just think it's kind of adorable, and it's kind of adorable in that like you know like this is not it, it's not mickey like when you think mickey mouse you don't think a farmer and this, it, it almost reminds me of, like when a politician goes somewhere and tries <laughs> to be like common with the people and you're like no that's not you <laughs> like like that's what i think when i think of mickey and his overall it's like you're not a redneck no
3: <laughs> you're not from missouri come on <laughs> hey now. yeah
2: oh. hey, uh, whoa whoa
3: <laughs> i mean that's where i'm from so i have to oh, there you go uh, me too st louis Oh yeah, that's right. We're from uh, we're from opposite sides of the state. I ah,
2: yes, I remember this conversation. Yes. But now, now I'm in Orlando, so I'm I'm and, I'm transplanted.
3: And I'm in the Ozark, so we do get a lot of those. Uh, you know, when I go to Walmart, there's a lot of cowboy boots and there's <laughs> a lot of cowboy hats.
0: <laughs> so as far as costumes go, I uh, we, we I guess we should mention that they did release an image of what Mickey's going to look like for his ninetieth celebration. Starting, I think in January, but they show him and Minnie on top of a parade float in the hub and he's wearing this white suit and then splotches of confetti all over it. So there's like pops of color where it looks like confetti is on his
3: suit. It's out of control. Oh, yeah. See, I thought that looked kind of 90s for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it was the 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 uh, the blobs of color everywhere. I, no, I think you're absolutely right. It's got sort of that neon '90s look, which I
0: also think comes across in the Move It, Shake It parade, where he's wearing that very colorful. It looks like a bowling shirt.
3: Yes, yes, it do, it totally looks like
0: a bowling shirt. And then the white shorts. That to me is also very '90s. So.
2: Yeah, I'm just seeing this picture for the first time. That hmm, he looks like a he looks like a vanilla ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> Or vanilla ice, <laughs> like with some sprinkles.
3: <laughs> vanilla. vanilla ice was '90s, so there yep. you go.
2: Yep. I don't know. This this looks like when you know, like those Pinterest crafts where like you melt the cam, uh, like the crayons down the whiteboard of the different colors. That's what this kind of looks like. This suit, because there's a lot of confetti up top, and then it kind of peters out when it goes, you know, south.
3: Yeah, they've they sort of overdid it with him. Minnie's dress is a little more subtle. The color is all in the ruffling. Yeah. Yeah. But Mickey, it's just like, oh man. Hello.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. But while we're talking about Magic Kingdom parades, I forgot. I do like the Festival of Fantasy outfit, which looks like a like a Ringmaster. In a circus, I don't know if if you can picture what I'm talking about, but he has like the ringmaster jacket with the two strips, the two uh, slanted strips across his chest, and the top
2: hat. Yeah, the red jacket with the top yes. hat. Yeah, yeah, very ringmasterish.
0: Yeah, yeah. It makes me wish you could meet him in all these costumes, but you can't. Yeah. Did you
3: guys? Uh, this may be a little ahead of your time, but did you ever see Dumbo's Circus? It was like a Disney Channel uh, <laughs> show. Did you see this? I
2: mean, I have ranted and raved about why this show is not available for years. I, like, when I was a kid, I woke up every morning to watch Dumbo Circus, followed by uh, Welcome to Poop Corner and yes. Adventures in Wonderland. Like, yes, yes that was All my jam.
3: Those. Yeah, so that's what he, he reminds me of, the character Lionel. Yes! Is, yes, in that show, who was like the, uh, he was the ringleader. Yeah, I totally see it. Man, what a great show, by the way. Like, Terrific show uh
2: it, it, I, i'm telling you on this new streaming service that disney's putting out it, it's not going to cost them a dime to release that well maybe a dime but you know they couldn't release it and it'll be worth it and people will, will appreciate that
3: that and welcome to Pooh corner and if they can get their hands on uh there's uh, duck presents was another one on that station for a long there was a lot of really good stuff in the 80s that has just disappeared
2: yeah, like never put out on DVD, never released as uh, like, you know, the tin, you know, the tin can DVDs that Leonard Malton was putting out for a time. Yeah, I was hoping for something there. Never. Nothing.
3: Yeah, it was all classic stuff. The treasures is what you're. Yeah, right. treasures. There you go. Yeah. And there's the a lot. Can. There's a ton of good stuff on the treasures, but d- we didn't get any 80s. Yeah, it's, it's, it's due. And,
2: and in a day and age where nostalgia sells, I'm surprised I haven't haven't considered that
0: well to wrap up our conversation on mickey i the only (laughs) the only thing i want to touch on is some of the technological updates that the character has received so for dream along with mickey we got the articulated characters whose mouths and eyes move and then for at least a time we had talking mickey at magic kingdom and i personally think those two things completely revolutionized the concept of seeing mickey at the parks
2: yeah i got a little insider information about why talking mickey went away and it really was more than just a cost it was also a time issue and uh apparently that they discovered i guess that when mickey talks it just it adds like a lot of extra time for each meet and greet and they're unable to get people through faster and then um having some some people that I know on the inside, they say that there was more more times than what you would think that Mickey uh, malfunctioned, <laughs> if oh. you would, um, which made for some very awkward moments where he would have to leave abruptly <laughs> during the meet and greets. <laughs> um, so, it kind of was one of those things where it was like, the technology's there, but it's not 100% there, and Disney just kind of was like, it's more trouble than it is worth it at this point, and just kind of it for this point but but it might return in the future
3: i could see them going back to that in the future that's a great point i didn't ever think about the time aspect of that just you know you got set 50 to seventy thousand people in the park and you know to meet mickey is a tough task and people want to meet mickey while they're there that's why people bring their children to to walt disney world so that's an excellent point i you know that was part of that living character initiative thing and they were going to do more and more stuff with that. And a lot of that stuff kind of fizzled out, like uh, the end of uh, It's a Small World and seeing your name. And, and those who were supposed to be on lots of different attractions. And you really just don't see that.
2: Well, I, I think the general public was not impressed with a lot of that, like they thought they would be.
3: Like, that's a yeah,
2: I remember when magic bands like first started to hit and it was yes. very limited who was getting them and i remember being at the christmas party and as santa claus was coming down the street he was ho 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 you know and he was saying the names of people who were in like the 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 the, the crowd i guess the magic band was pinging them or something like you know merry christmas sarah i hope you've been a good boy this year henry you know and people were like oh oh that's me kind of a thing <laughs> um Now it's impossible. Can you imagine? Everybody's got a magic band now. Like it would be, it's it's impossible. And when everybody's special, nobody's special. You don't think he was calling out generic names on the odds that someone. No, (laughs) I only, I only know that. And I I swear, I only know that because um, a person that we all follow on Twitter was there. Cause I thought that too. I thought they're picking some very generic names, but this person had a very unique name and Santa said it and they were freaking out that Santa, and it was one of those names that I'm like. Santa's not just going to say that. You know, she's he's going to stick with Susie and Sally, not not this name. So
0: it's not 1950. Susie and Sally. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sorry. What what decade was this guy there? Yeah. Um, so
2: I mean, in, in today's world, it'd be Bella and 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 Edwin or whatever his name is.
3: I think the um, going back to that exclusivity thing I mentioned at the beginning, just the fact that we don't see Mickey outside of that area, um, and the fact that there's only one meet and greet. You know, that's that's really going to, you know, allow them or force them to focus on that time aspect and the technical aspect. I mean, the the worst thing that can happen is Mickey malfunctioning. I mean, that is Mickey run into the bathroom or whatever he has to do. (laughs) (laughs) Mickey had to go. Uh. At least
0: we still have the articulated Mickey in the show, because I think it does make a big difference to see his mouth move to the soundtrack you know and his eyes blink sometimes they go overboard like i remember when we were at the animal kingdom's 20th anniversary celebration there was the speaker who was you know presenting and celebrating the day and then behind him were mickey and minnie and mickey was overacting so bad like you know like waving his arms like oh what a great point you're making and his eyes were blinking seven times a minute uh (laughs) mickey's having a seizure (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think I still prefer that to the static, no-moving phase.
2: Yeah, because we watched uh, the new Up show a couple weeks ago at Animal Kingdom just to check it out, and that is not articulated characters. And it is, it is noticeable now, especially when you have like a Timon and Festival of the Lion King, and, and like you said, the stage show where they're all articulated, and then to go to characters that are speaking but not
3: speaking, it's a little, a little like, oh... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's how it was for, you know, for decades. I mean, really, I guess since the beginning is that those characters didn't do anything except nod and wave. So, yeah, once you get a taste of what they're really supposed to do, it, it makes the other one seem a little awkward.
0: Yeah, and it makes you wonder what's coming next. So, who knows? Well, I think that wraps up our discussion on that, so... You know, happy birthday, Mickey. Thanks for making our favorite place just a bit more magical with your presence.
2: Thank you steve thank you it's good to be back with another mad header game and this uh mad chatter game actually was inspired from uh the other night when derek was in orlando and we all were hanging out at uh, saratoga springs at the artist palette i believe not yes artist point is the other <laughs> yeah so we were at our artist palette and um i got the uh the, the, the alien from Toy Story, it's like a, a, a cake custard kind of a thing. It's caramel apple. It's fabulous. You should get it. But we were looking at it, and it looked kind of funny to me. And it had these really like weird-looking chocolate ears, like cut out from chocolate. And it brought up the discussion, do the aliens in Toy Story have ears? Because I could not remember if they did or didn't. So I googled it and they did have ears. They, they were not placed in the same place that uh, the alien ears are usual. But it got me thinking about the Disney details that we often overlook. The things that we see almost maybe every trip. But do we really notice them? So this game is about Disney details that you might overlook. All right. Everybody understand? I'm going to ask you a question you just answer. That's pretty much the game. (laughs) All right. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to let Matt go first because he is our guest. (laughs) Great. All right. So, Matt, in the final scene at the Magic Kingdom in Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow is in the treasure room. You recall this scene? Yes. Okay. He's sitting in a chair rocking back and forth. How many times do you think you've seen that?
3: Oh, probably 50 times.
2: 50 times. So you should know this. What is in Jack Sparrow's right hand?
3: Uh, I believe it's a. Oh, he's got. I want to say he's got a drink in his hand, but I don't know if that's right. Um, There's something. Is he spinning something? It's a very Johnny Deppy thing. I'm just going to go with a cup. He's That's got some
2: kind of Johnny Deppy thing.
3: Yeah, he's like, you know, he's like all laid back, but not really. Um, yeah, I'm going with a cup. All right.
2: Uh, Matt goes with cup. The correct answer is a chalice, which I'm going to give you is a more fancy word for a cup. So okay. one point for you, Matt. Very good. In the other hand, he's holding some kind of a piece of jewelry, it looks like. I'm not quite sure. A compass, maybe? Yeah. It's hard to tell what's in his other hand, but he is holding a chalice. All right, uh, Derek, your turn. Partner statue there at the Magic Kingdom. Which hand is Walt using to point, his right or left? His right... All right, that was a little easy. One. <laughs> easy to build your confidence. Okay, just making sure. You know, that's something you would second guess yourself, though. I, or at least I, I would have thought you would have been like, "I, well, I don't know." You know, you, you don't think about it. If he wasn't
0: holding Mickey's hand, I might question it. But I know that Walt is on the left when you're looking at him, which means his left hand is
2: holding Mickey's hand. Okay, very true. All right, I'll get it. Right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> they get a little harder there from okay. though from here. Okay, so uh, Matt. Over at the uh, Hollywood Tower Hotel, yes. Tower Tear in the queue. Um, what type of bird is the statue in the middle of that lobby?
3: Um. What type of bird? Okay, that's a great question. It doesn't come from any Twilight Zone episode. I know that. Is he a raven? He is
2: not a raven. No. Okay. So, Derek, would you like to... We'll offer the... If you miss it, you can steal. Would you like to try to steal? Okay. Is it a turkey? I'm just kidding. That's not my guess. <laughs> Is it a crow? It's not a crow. No, yeah. it's it's an owl. It's actually an oh, owl. See, that would have oh, made sense. Oh, I can right. picture that. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, you've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. taking pictures of it a hundred times, probably. At least. <laughs> yes. There we go. All right, Derek, back to you now. Um... Spaceship Earth. As you ride Spaceship Earth and you enter into uh, the 60s and 70s, there is the Disco Scientist, the Go-Go Scientist, whichever you want to refer to her as. Uh, What's she holding in her hand? She has a piece of paper. Piece of paper.
0: Well, like a clipboard.
2: All right, I'm going to give you a clipboard. I'll give that to you. I was going to
3: steal with clipboard, but that's okay.
2: I really don't care. Give it to him. (laughs) All right, Derek, that's the point uh matt we're coming to you now uh think about the dino institute over at disney's animal kingdom okay what kind of dinosaur is featured on the logo for the dino institute
3: Ooh, that's a great question um what's the dinosaur on the ride it's like a diplodocus or something no uh (laughs) what'd you call me yeah right uh (laughs) what is on that sign it's not a Velociraptor. That's too scary. It's not a T-Rex. That's too Jurassic Park-ish. Um I Man, I'm just going to go with Velociraptor.
2: All right. Velociraptor is incorrect. Derek, for the steal. Is it a Stegosaurus? It is not a Stegosaurus. The correct answer is a, triti- a Triceratops. Triceratops. Oh. Okay. All right. Wow. Let, wait, let me see that logo again. What else is on there? It looks like there's like a microscope, a shovel, a shovel, and then some kind of like the pinchers that they used to do, like when they tested your BMI in gym class. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it looks like.
2: I think it's like an excavator.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, okay. But pinchers from gym classes, I mean, that seems reasonable as well. <laughs> Wait, what are the three words? Exploration,
2: excavation, exaltation. Okay, never mind. I thought those words had
0: to do with the three items, but exaltation does not make sense for a shuffle.
3: No. 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 They were like, We
2: need another one. Yeah. It has to start with an E. I don't know, but it sounds like when you go to some of these churches and like the all the points start with the same letter. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to explore the Lord. <laughs> Excavate <laughs> his truth. You know. You <laughs> all have to go to church on Sunday. I just gave you the sermon. There you go. Yeah. Alright, so nobody got a point there. Great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, just reminded. Okay, Derek, uh Splash Mountain. The final scene in Splash Mountain, where everybody is speaking of church, waving their arms and just <laughs> praising the Lord. Uh what kind of animal is playing the organ? Oh man. Oh, I can't even
0: picture an organ. I know the gators are playing the banjos. Right? I don't know, are they? Well, now I'm questioning that, too. <laughs> oh, who's playing an organ? I'm going to have to guess because I don't know. And I will
2: say a goose. A goose is incorrect. Oh. Matt, your turn to steal here.
3: That was my safe. That was my safe pick there. The goose. Um, man, Maybe it's a different kind of animal. Let's go with a um, who else is in that? band there um you said goose it's not an alligator it's probably is it a um is it, it can't be a frog i have no idea i can i don't know i'm gonna go with the alligator i guess
2: alligator is also incorrect they are playing the banjo and the guitar but the uh the organ is on the back of the showboat and it is being played by a pig Wow. Okay, I would never have guessed that.
0: Nope, I can't even picture this. And I'm looking at pictures now, and there aren't any close-ups of
2: that side of the boat. Just, just put in showboat.
0: Oh, I see it. I see it. See? Oh, uh, look at that
2: sneaky little pig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> huh? He's even got like a striped barbershop-looking vest on, like ragtime.
2: Yeah. You know. All right. Uh, back to Matt. Matt. Are you a fan of uh, the Barnstormer?
3: Uh, yeah, but it's been a long time.
2: It's been a I've while. Been okay. yeah. All right. Well, maybe you might not get this. <laughs> uh, but part of the Barnstormer now with the Great Goofini, you go through a billboard as yes. you're, you're riding through. Um, the billboard features the Great Goofini as uh, a picture of him. And then there's also another random animal posing with the Great Goofini on this billboard. What is the animal? What kind of animal? What
3: is the animal? Well, the old billboard, you were like flying through a barn maybe or something Um, before it was Goofini. Um, A chicken would have been flying out of the barn. So I'm going to go with a chicken.
2: Chicken is incorrect. Oh, that's a good guess.
0: Okay, I can picture the
2: billboard
0: (laughs) and the goofy shape cut out of it. And the animal
2: is uh goat <laughs> very random it is not a goat <laughs> uh the correct answer is it is a monkey what and don't ask me why this is not the best picture of it but there's this random monkey dressed like a pilot oh, that's that. posing with goofy what in the world i know i have so many questions
3: about this monkey i like want to know his backstory <laughs> like so <why>? do i <laughs> wow I was thinking like a cow because they had mini Moo. I was thinking maybe there was like an homage or something. Nope, it's a monkey.
2: Yeah, but how many times have you? Have you been back there and you never noticed? I've never noticed that. And what does a monkey have to do with a barn? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, we solved that mystery. Um, okay, back to Derek. Derek, in the Haunted Mansion, when you're going through the ballroom, area there with the dining room slash ballroom area and you pass the table how many place settings are set on the table oh come on you've seen it a
0: hundred thousand times place settings meaning like how many seats are there or yeah how
2: many how many how many setups are there because the chairs you know have fallen over or whatever but
0: right i'm going to guess 12 Derek says twelve, and twelve is correct. Good guess. I was thinking there were five on either side, and then the two ends.
3: I was thinking four on either side, Mm -hmm. and then the two ends. But good guess. Thank you. Thank you. It was a guess, for the record. Well, but you've seen it, so it was logged in your in your long term memory. True. I just rode it last week, but
0: I
2: also just rode Splash Mountain last week, (laughs) so. (laughs) All right, back to Matt. Matt. In the Germany pavilion at Epcot, there is a fountain in the middle of the pavilion, most notably seen on Full House. In the middle of that fountain, however, is a statue. What is the statue of? Oh. And you you don't have to be specific. You can just tell me the general.
3: Just tell me. (laughs) Uh. That's a great question because I really don't know what it is. Um, So it's Bavarian. So is it. um, What is synonymous with Bavarian culture? I I have no idea. That is a hard. I've probably seen that a million times and I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. All right, Derek, we're going
0: to come back to you. Okay, I know it's a famous person. I don't know who, but it's a man on a horse. I even want to say he's a knight on a horse and the horse is kind of reared up a little bit and he's pointing his
2: sword, I want to say. Is that too specific? <laughs> no, in fact, I need just a little bit more. There's one more other important detail.
0: Oh no, what?
2: It's a it's a tall pedestal with the horse and the
0: horse is rearing and the man <laughs> has his sword pointed and he has a helmet on and it's it's
2: like King George or something.
3: Shake your head, Jeremy, no.
2: <laughs> All game? right, I'm going to I'm going to rule against you on this one because there's an important detail missing because it is George. It's St. George. St. George. Not Oh, Saint George.
1: it
3: is St. George. Oh, and he's no. pointing
2: his sword at a dragon because St. George was the dragon slayer. Yes. <sighs> and it, I find this so interesting. I want to know some of these details as well, um, because St. George is featured there in that fountain. It's also, he's featured on as the statue on top of uh, the podiums when you come into um, not podiums, but pedestals when you come into the Italy Pavilion. And St. George is not even Italian or German. He's British. But his myth kind of covers all these cultures. So I want to know, I I just find it fascinating that he is featured
3: in two pavilions. Is he part of the Holy Roman Empire? Because it would have expanded into lots of current yeah. countries oh i have to look that up yeah
2: it's fascinating though
3: that is awesome that's a great question
2: all right uh derek final question to you okay hall of presidents Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i haven't experienced this enough to know this but go ahead
2: that's true but you've seen pictures of the new trump audio animatronic i've seen it in person yeah you seen it in person as well what color is his tie red derek says red red is incorrect oh feel like I had to say it with confidence.
3: Matt, for the steal? <laughs> Can you repeat the question?
2: Uh, what color is Trump's tie in the Hall of Presidents? It is striped, but it, it has white stripes on it, but it is predominantly
3: a certain he, color. He almost always wears blue ties.
2: He almost always wears blue ties, and that is correct because he does wear a blue tie in the Hall of Presidents. Well, come on, if it wasn't red, what was it gonna be?
3: Yellow? <laughs> Sometimes he wears yellow ties. Sometimes he does. That's that New York City thing.
2: Honestly, Derek, when I first was thinking up these questions, I initially assumed it was a red tie. And then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, no, it's blue. How fascinating. Hmm. What
0: color is associated with which party? Uh, Red would be
3: the Republican Party. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Blue would be the Democratic Party.
2: But if I remember correctly, I believe Obama wore a red tie. So they kind of do the opposite, I guess. I think you're right. Hey, that's Unity guys there you go yes um and then also if i remember correctly as well i believe obama donated that's the whole suit or and the tie that the audio animatronic wore it was actually one of his suits oh i see i think after (laughs) trump came in he
0: was like i'm giving this suit away take it off that animatronic
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i mean like he gave a suit but i don't know if trump did that or not that would be a good question yeah as well Anyway, that concludes the game. So let's go to the score. Let's see. uh, Matt, you had two correct two points. (laughs) Thank you. And Derek, you had three points. Oh,
3: I never win on these games. (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, you did win the last game. I didn't even answer a question. It was all my partner. He answered all the questions.
2: Hey, you know what, team, though? team sport, team win. That's, That's all right. that
0: matters. I I won lots of games that I never <laughs> even played in high school. So, Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us once again.
3: Thank you, guys. Always appreciate being on the show. Again, you can check out the 3028. Lots of history, lots of history there on iTunes or Stitcher.
2: All right, take us out, Steve. Congrats. Congratulations, Derek! You have won this Mad
3: Cheddar game. Join us next time, same mad Cheddar podcast, same Mad Cheddar fun.
0: We're going to keep the Mickey celebrations rolling with a special edition of one of our favorite segments, a Mad Q Party. And as always, for this Mad Q Party, we've brought on a special guest. Joining us this week is a co-host of one of my personal favorite podcasts, Mostalgia. Welcome to the show, Kristen Nowicki.
1: Hey, Hello. thanks so much for having me, you guys. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, good. We're excited to have you. Now, for any of our listeners who aren't aware, can you tell us a bit about your podcast, which, if I'm not mistaken, just celebrated its 10-year anniversary?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. 10 years, over 500 episodes, which when we started like a decade ago, we never we never had this goal in mind. Somehow we've made it and we're still going. Um, but we're West Coast based, so I actually live in Seattle, but my three co-hosts, uh, Dave, Jeff, and Becky, they're all down in San Jose. So we focus primarily on Disneyland, because we are home Disneyland people at heart, and then the Walt Disney Family Museum, and then just in general, a lot of Disney history. We love the historical stuff.
0: Yeah, I actually thought of you for this show because you seem to love Disney history, and plus I knew you would just be a great addition to the show, but this being an episode all about Mickey Mouse, I also remembered that your show features a cover of the song, (laughs) What No Mickey Mouse, which was arranged by you.
1: It does. Yeah. So, um, I can't remember when the song was, it was Irving Caesar was the, uh, was the composer way back in the day. So I think back when Mickey Mouse first came out, like Disney was a little looser about, you know, like what you could write about and sing about Mickey Mouse. So there's this great song, like what, no Mickey Mouse, what kind of party is this? Like the lyrics are amazing. Um, and actually when we were just starting Nostalgia, I was homesick, very similar to how I was today, and watching like a historical History Channel show about Mickey Mouse. And they had that on there. I'd never heard it before. So it's one of our favorite songs. And yeah, we, we feature it every week via my accordion, which that's always a treat.
0: And talk about <laughs> that. Is that the only instrument you play?
1: No, I actually, um, so I have a Bachelor of Music in Classical Piano with a minor in clavichord, harpsichord, and forte piano, in Baroque studies. Very, very useful in the modern day world. Um, and I <laughs> I play accordion because when I was in high school, uh, my grandpa, who was from Denmark, was really concerned that when I would go to parties, I wasn't, there. what if there's no piano, right? And if there's no piano, then I can't play. And how can I make friends? And so if I knew how to play the accordion, I could always take it with me and then make all the friends in high school. Again, 1990s and somehow Grandpa Wenzel thought like this is the key to popularity. So he mailed an accordion to me in the mail. And I, you know, learned for him and then just loved it ever since.
0: And that's the same accordion you use today?
1: It is. I actually have three accordions. I have the original one he sent me. I have the second accordion he gave me um, when I kind of leveled up, I guess, to real real accordionship. And then he passed away about 10 years ago and and he left me his accordion. So I have a family of accordions now at my house. Wow, which is not, not what your listeners want to hear about. I'm sorry. We have not no, we've gone you're, down you're... the accordion
2: trail. <laughs> you're my second favorite accordion player after Weird Al. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you. I'll take there it. You know. I, I yeah. beat Myron Florence, so that's pretty
2: good. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, anyways, the, um, <laughs> can you go ahead and plug your Twitter right now? Because I think you have one of the most fun Twitter accounts, uh, the stuff you post. <laughs> it's like a perfect balance between Disney and then like your everyday life.
1: Thank you. My Twitter is nostalgia chris, and so I'm gonna spell that because no one can ever spell nostalgia. So mouse m o u s e, and then t a l g i a. So it's like a nostalgia with a mouse. Nostalgia chris k r i s. Um, yeah, I t- I tweet about the Disney stuff as much as I can. You know, we don't get to the parks as much as we would like to. So there's definitely some Disney. There's definitely a lot of three and a half year old like mommy life stuff. But we're getting ready. Um, I should tell you, this next spring we're going to be going back to Shanghai Disneyland and to Tokyo Disney Resort for the first time. So there's gonna be a ton of like Asian park tweets coming up. I can I'm so excited, I can't even wait.
2: Ooh, that is exciting.
1: Have you guys been to those parks?
2: Unfortunately, no, we no. have not.
1: Get them on your list. It's doable. Like for so long I felt like Tokyo was just this dream, like there's no way I could actually make this happen. And it's it's doable. Like you can do it. That's what I hear.
2: Yeah, that's it's on my list. I I, w- I think maybe a couple years down the road, and I'll and I'll be in a place where I can yeah. I can do that. But I will say, Derek and I have been to Disneyland a couple times, and then we went to the Family Museum as well in San Francisco, nice. and loved it. I mean, absolutely loved it.
1: It's an amazing place. I'm glad you guys have made it out there.
2: Yes, everybody should go.
0: And at the top of my bucket list currently is to get back to Disneyland before Star Wars Land opens. We're gonna <laughs> see if that happens.
1: Good luck. It's just gonna be crazy. I think my husband and I are finally going to relinquish our annual passes next spring because we just know, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point at that point?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I even wonder if annual pass holders will have some restrictions anyway, so.
1: Yeah, well, they're totally, they're changing our structure, right? Like, you can only go, like, certain passes can only go certain days. Like, it's gonna be crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, um, it's actually kind of fitting that you're a Disneyland person because this Mad Q party is all about Mickey Mouse. So it'll be kind of nice to have some answers from both coasts. Uh, And for those who are new to the show, a Mad Q party is when we just toss out 10 questions related to the Walt Disney Company. In this case, Mickey Mouse. We're celebrating his 90th birthday by asking 10 questions that are centered on him. And we're just going to have some fun sharing and discussing our answers so, without further ado, Kristen, as our honored guest, would you like to present the first question?
1: I would, thank you. And I'm going to go in, um, in alphabetical order. So, Derek, this one, you can start with this one. Um, if you could resurrect or remake something Mickey-related from the past, what would it be?
0: Okay, so this I actually discovered pretty recently. But in World Showcase, they used to have what they call Characters on Holiday. And there was this omnibus, like a double-decker bus that drove around World Showcase and it just had all the characters on it and it was all decorated for Christmas. The hubcaps were like Mickey's hand, like the big Mm -hmm. glove-looking hand and the characters just rode this bus around and then every once in a while the (laughs) bus would park and they'd get all off and take pictures and sign autographs for 15 minutes and then get back on. And I feel like World Showcase could use a little kitsch like that.
1: Yeah, I can get behind that.
0: Yeah. What about you, Jeremy?
1: Um, I'm going to
2: bring back Mickey's birthday land at uh, the Magic Kingdom. And the reason why, um, hard to believe it, that was set up for his 60th birthday, which was 30 years <laughs> ago now. So it's been some time. And then ultimately that evolved into Toontown. But I like the idea of the Fab Five particularly having their own like land or their mm-hmm. own designated space, which they don't really have anymore, at least not uh, here at Walt Disney World. I know we're getting the the Mickey and Minnie runaway, runaway train? Is it a train? Yeah. Have that looks
1: confirmed? fantastic. Who cares what it's running away from? It just looks amazing. <laughs> I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, it, it looks fun. But I like the
2: idea of like them having their own designated space that's more than just a single attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, because at its core, I mean, Walt Disney World is about Mickey Mouse. Like, really. You can say what you want about Avatar or Star Wars or all these other things, and they're all great. But at its heart and what its core is is it's it's Mickey and the gang. And so yeah. I think I think bringing that back would be nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, Disneyland still
0: has their Toontown, which is which is pretty similar, but no more at Walt Disney World.
2: <laughs> now, Kristen, what do you think about the rumor that uh, the runaway train is going to be coming to Disneyland?
1: I think that'd be outstanding. I I really um I really would love that to have a little bit more Mickey in the park. Like he I mean he's around, but we can always use some more Mickey. So bring him on over.
2: Yeah, and you guys have one of my favorite Mickey things, which is Mickey and the Magical Map.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. You know, though, I don't know where we would put Mickey in the Runaway Train. Like, we're getting kind of crowded out here, so I don't know. How to he better not knock out Toad. I'm always scared someone's gonna take Toad out. So as long as Toad is safe.
2: <laughs> well, I think the rumor swirling is that it's Roger Rabbit.
1: That's okay. That can go. Wow.
2: <laughs> All right. No, very, very little. No love for that nostalgia for me. there.
1: <laughs> no <laughs> love for Roger. <laughs> no.
0: Kristen, what about you?
1: Um, So I'm going to go outside of the parks. I like that you guys kept it in Walt Disney World. um, But I'm actually going to go back to 1930. Um, So I would like to have the first series of Mickey Mouse Clubs come back. So are you guys familiar with these 1930s Mickey Mouse Clubs?
0: 1930s? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, like... Not Annette and Britney Spears, but way back in 1930, they actually started on Saturday morning a series of Mickey Mouse clubs where kids would go to the theater, they'd get a little like admission card, like, I'm in the club in the card, and they'd watch shorts and, you know, have, like, cheers and just do kind of cool retro 1930s, like, rah-rah type things. I love that idea. And if you look at some of the pictures, it's, like, the creepiest pictures of all time because <laughs> they're all wearing these kind of, like, homemade-looking Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse masks and... Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. They showed a picture
2: of one of those theaters, I guess, in that Mickey special that was on uh, last night as we record Mm -hmm. this and the other night as you listen. But um yeah, and I saw that picture and I know I've seen it before, but it definitely Mm -hmm. gave me a creeps like, wow, that is a whole lot of freaky looking Mickey masks.
1: It's super creepy, but I just I don't know, I like the idea of like kids having kind of a fun Disney club they can go and be a part of together. Because I feel like a lot of Disney is um kind of becoming really isolated, you know, in terms of like you have lots of at home stuff, and even when you're in the park, like they're doing more and more smartphone things, which it feels is very isolating. So I like that idea of like kids being together in a club. It's kind of cool
0: it's not so it's not
2: exclusive Mm-mm. okay.
1: no anybody can be in it,
2: okay well, not 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 in my club, but I understand, yeah. <laughs> My chapter is very exclusive.
0: Of course, of course. Was it you and your husband who went as masketeers for Halloween party or something?
1: (laughs) We did. And I I learned the trials of the iron-on letters. It's trickier than you would anticipate. (laughs) Don't drink wine and iron-on letters at the same time. It was a good lesson.
0: (laughs) Good to know. Yeah. All right, I'll move on here. With number two, what is a Mickey-themed piece of merchandise you wish Disney sold Well, the question says in its parks, but just in general, what's a Mickey-themed piece of merchandise you wish Disney sold? Jeremy?
2: Okay, I had this idea a couple years ago, and I still think it's a great idea. So they're always doing, like, mashups of characters in different universes, if you would. So particularly, I was thinking about, like, how we had Mickey and the gang as Star Wars characters long before the acquisition of Star Wars. And I just like that idea. I think it's kind of fun. And I remember, I forget which Imagineer it was, but I tweeted one of the Imagineers one time on Twitter about, hey, could you draw Mickey and Minnie as like the Phantom of the Opera? Because I think it was during the Tonys or something. And so then I was like, how great would it be to have some like cool art pieces or maybe even like little mini figs? As like the characters from the Fab Five and then you could expand it even a little bit to other beloved characters in various scenes from musical theater that we all know and love. Hmm. My goodness, this sounds like
0: a Wonderground series waiting to happen.
1: Yeah, it sounds kind of similar to my answer. So nicely done. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just tell you. So I want to have Mickey Mouse playsets. Um, like Steamboat Willie playset, like 1950s Mickey Mouse Clubhouse playset, Fantasmic playset. Like I'm super obsessed with all those great Disneyland playsets they had in the 80s that they don't make anymore. Like with the little figurines and the rides. And so I want to do that, but with, with Mickey Mouse scenes.
2: I'm with you because here's the thing. And I, I'm a child of the 90s, born in the 80s, raised in the 90s kind of a thing. We had toys that didn't do anything. They were just toys you know mm-hmm. what I mean like like our action figures didn't always have to have you know, light up things or shoot yeah. out things or whatever sometimes you were just like here's an action figure or here's a, a toy and it's just a person with their arms sticking out and their feet up and down and you know that was that was enough and I think kids lose that it loses mm-hmm. part of the the imagination that's required so yeah some like here's a play set here's the the, yeah. the static characters have fun
1: I like it.
0: Well, I was going to say mine similar to that and until you uh, poo-pooed on the interactive part. Uh, but mine is also like a, a sort of figure, but mine will move. Okay, so if you remember the attraction Mickey Mouse Review, which lasted in Tokyo way longer than it lasted in Magic Kingdom, but it had conductor Mickey like come up from under the stage, and he conducted all these animatronic figures... I thought just, like, a little conductor Mickey that, you know, you could turn him on and he rises up and he conducts and it plays, like, the Mickey Mouse March or something.
1: Okay. That's
0: like, a little on your desk, you know, not too big.
1: Yeah, that's fun.
0: Yeah, I thought that'd be neat. Actually, my first idea was to have a, a miniature replica of the partner statue, but apparently that's already a thing. So I'm just behind on that, I
1: guess. Like, the Christmas ornament?
0: No, no, no Um Like, maybe seven or eight inches tall uh like a solid replica of the statue and apparently you can buy it on the disney website for 160
2: dollars.
1: i think i've seen that in the parks it looks good yeah
2: our I- former uh co-host matt has one and it's a little taller than seven inches i want to say it's like a good foot foot and a half Whoa. but it's a it's a it's a heavy duty piece but it's very nice he displays it in his office if i remember correctly okay and yeah i think i think that's a good idea all right number uh number three in the likes of Mickey's Christmas Carol and The Prince and the Pauper, what is another classic story you would love to see Mickey and the gang retell? We'll start with you, Kristen.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to set the bar really high, you guys. Get ready. <laughs> so I thought about this a lot today and I had a couple different answers. But what I settled, when I settled on was um, a piece of music, actually. So I would like to see Mickey and the gang Um, recreate Symphony Fantastique by Hector Berlioz. Are you guys familiar with this piece of classical music?
0: Not by just its name, at least.
1: (laughs) Okay, so like 19 or 1830-ish, it was a piece of program music written by Hector Berlioz. And it's really, it's one of my favorite pieces of all time. Um, So it's five movements and it basically is depicting the life of an artist and so the first one is called passions The second scene is called a ball so you can hear them like dancing and whirling and whatnot And then there's a pastoral like scenes from a field is the third one and then so things go awry So the artist is in love with this with this woman And I I think he actually ends up killing her things go (laughs) bad fast at the the ball, right? Not a ball you want to go to and so then the fourth movement is march to the scaffold And then he dies. You can hear his head getting cut off. And then the fifth one is like, I think it's like Dance Dance of the Witch's Sabbath. Um, But it's cool because I love this. I mean, this piece of music is just amazing. If you have not heard Symphony Fantastique by Hector Berlioz, stop what you're doing now, listen to it, and then come back and finish finish the show. Um, But it's just really, it's very Fantasia-like. Like Like I could see Disney kind of doing this as a Fantasia-type piece. Um, Just because the music is so descriptive and it's really, I mean, the characters are so vivid in the themes. I think it'd be really cool to see Mickey and, and the gang um, live this out. It might be a little bit dark. So maybe. <laughs> a little. They might have to tweak it a little bit. Um, but back when they actually performed this in 1830, like people ran from the theater screaming. They were so terrified by this music, which I think is like amazing. Like who runs screaming from an orchestra? Yeah. Like that's just crazy to me. So I think it's really a powerful piece of music that they, Disney could do really well.
2: Yeah, murder, witchcraft, and hysterical crowds <laughs> It sounds like Disney home entertainment right there Right,
1: it does Fun, family-friendly stuff right there <laughs> Jeremy, what do you want to bring back? Uh, well, see, I, I
2: love this question um, Because, one, I came up with it But, two, also because it reminded me of the show Wishbone Do you all remember watching Wishbone? Yes. Back mm-hmm. in the day And how, you know, Wishbone was a retelling of, like, a classic tale In, like, a, a polyple, uh family-friendly sort of way So I had lots of ideas, but the one I settled on and this, again, is maybe a little like outside the box, but I would love to see Mickey and the gang do like a more toned down retelling of like To Kill a Mockingbird. And the reason I say that is I think (laughs) that they could do like a story similar to that. And then the underlying message, of course, is very deep. You know, that, uh-huh. that children would understand about like judging people because they're different than you is wrong, you know, and I think we can all agree that's a universal message that needs to be shared mm-hmm. and they could do it in like a really like almost heart-wrenching sort of way, but it's still on the level that children would understand and adults would appreciate. Wow, I did not expect that
0: to be an answer.
1: It's, like, like really deep stuff so far. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to dumb us down a little bit, if that's okay. Everybody poops? Is that the book you (laughs) want to read? Yeah, everybody poops. (laughs) Jeremy, I thought you were going to say The Phantom of the Opera after your first answer.
2: Oh, you know, that's a good idea, too. But that would be dark on the level of of hysterical crowds. That's true.
0: Would Mickey be, like, creepily seducing Minnie? I don't know. (laughs) Um, No, my answer, do you remember the old i guess it's a fairy tale the shoemaker and the elves where the shoemaker runs out of money so he leaves his last piece of leather out on the table and he and his wife go to bed thinking they're poor and then they wake up and there are new clothes and it turns out elves are making the clothes for them
2: and then he doesn't tell people right because he gets in trouble because he doesn't tell people that he didn't make them
0: Well, the version I've heard, he doesn't get in trouble. Like, he's very generous with it. Like, he he sells it, makes more money, and then gives some away. And then, at the end, they want to thank the elves, and so they give them clothes. But it turns out giving clothes to elves is what sets them free, and so they don't get any more. But I think, overall, like, the moral of the story is, you know, work hard for what you have and be generous with what you have. And I thought that would be perfect for Mickey and Minnie to play that husband and wife couple.
1: I can see it. And I would never have thought of that in a million years. Nicely done.
0: Well, it's a very 80s thing to tell like a fairy tale using Mickey and Minnie, but it would sort of also feel classic, I guess.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. A new series, though, of Mickey and Minnie, like doing a Wishbone style show where they uh retell classic tales at the House of Mouse.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Didn't they also do the Gift of the Magi? I feel like I've seen that one.
1: It feels
2: familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I know Bert and Ernie did on one of the Sesame Street (laughs) (laughs) Christmases because Bert sold his uh, paperclip collection in order to buy Ernie a dish to hold his rubber ducky and Ernie sold his rubber ducky in order to get a cigar box for Bert to hold his paperclip collection. So as you can imagine, it was very, very emotionally uh, traumatizing for a four-year-old child and me the 24 year old was watching it with the 4 year old child.
1: I said you guys are either 8 years old or have remarkable memories. I'm totally impressed you remember these things. <laughs> Nicely done.
0: I'm just a child at heart, you know. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but it sounds heartbreaking. We'll
1: take your we'll take his word for it. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> it's
1: true. Derek, let's start with you for number 4. What's a food that you think should be sold in Mickey shape at the parks?
0: Okay. I hope I'm not taking Jeremy's answer cuz I know he likes these. But if you've ever had paletas, which are the sort of Mexican style popsicles, they are so delicious. And uh, the ones I've had are made with real fruit, like berries and cream or something like that. But they also have some made with, I think some were made with liquor, I think. I was going to say the ones I've had were made with real tequila. And woo! (laughs) Yeah. I probably wouldn't go for those. But like a berries and cream Mickey shaped fruit popsicle, I think would be so refreshing on a hot, humid day in Orlando. And that would be easy to shape like Mickey, I think.
1: But they need to make it so it doesn't take the skin off your tongue. Have you had this happen to you at Disney World with the popsicles they sell there? Why? Because they're so cold? Yeah. So at Disneyland, like, be warned. So we were there probably about a year and a half ago with my daughter, who was like two, two two-ish at the time. So we're looking for like a fun snack that's not just a thousand grams of sugar so we're like okay we'll get her a fruit bar from one of those like outdoor vending carts so we buy the fruit bar and the and the lady looked at me and she said like be careful this will stick to your tongue like you know how a popsicle will stick to your tongue yeah yeah and so i mean she okay so in disneyland's defense they warned me (laughs) so what i should have done was gone over to the drinking fountain and run it under the drinking fountain but instead i was like oh i can just you know like kind of suck on like take the hit for her it was awful you guys like I lost all the skin inside my lip my lower lip like just gone like it was one of the most painful moments of my I've had a child it was one of the most painful moments of my (laughs) life so bad (laughs) and and, so I'm like standing there on Main Street with his bloody mouth and this popsicle that's like doing that weird like like fuzzy like foamy thing it was horrible so that doesn't happen to you guys at Disney World
0: I can't remember the last time I got a popsicle at Walt Disney World, but wait, which one? Which one are you talking about?
1: Like it just was a fruit bar, like it's at the outdoor vending carts where they sell like the Mickey ice cream sandwich and the frozen banana, you know, yeah, like yeah. that stand. Yeah. So it just was like a fruit bar, but they freeze those things like so strong. So take the warning, you guys. Anyone who's buying the fruit bar, go to the drinking fountain and then run it under cold water. That's how you do it. Don't
2: or don't... or just get the Rice Krispie treat. It's
1: never right? taken off skin from anybody. <laughs> It was horrible. I shouldn't go down that path of painting <laughs> things at Disneyland, but it was, it was really bad.
0: Okay. I feel like I should change my answer now, but I, I won't. I'll stick with it.
1: No, because you can design it and you can make it so it's not that cold. Like, it sounds like that's not an issue in Florida. Maybe it's just a, a Disneyland thing.
0: Well, now that you say that, the only time I've had one of those fruit bars, which I loved, by the way, but mine was already melting a lot. Like, mine was very soft when I got it.
1: It was in Disneyland?
0: No, at Disney World.
1: Okay, well, consider yourself lucky, you got out alive.
0: Maybe so. i was I was <laughs> upset at the time, but maybe, yeah, maybe I got off unscathed.
1: <laughs> I think so.
2: Um my answer is, and this is kind of a cop out answer um, because I couldn't really think of anything good because my favorite Mickey shaped uh, treat is a is a mickey shaped pretzel. Um, in fact, you can follow at Pretzels of WDW on Instagram for all my pretzel explorations in the parks. Uh, but anyways, that's a cheap plug there. Um, I think they should do a bigger size zebra dome in the shape of Mickey. Oh. Like that. It doesn't have to be zebras. You know, you can keep that for Animal Kingdom Lodge if you'd like. But use that same recipe and and just make it bigger. Yeah. Like maybe the size of a uh, of a moon pie with a with a little bit of uh, Mickey ears attached to it. That would be wonderful. Yeah, it's
0: making me think of the cakes they sell at Amaret's Patisserie that are shaped like Mickey.
2: Oh crap! I didn't even. I did not even think about that. I <laughs> did not realize that they were the same consistency. Are they the same cake? I mean, defi- Well, the ones that the patisserie
0: have all different flavors, but no, the zebra domes are much have a much more moose-like consistency so they're
2: different yeah i do like that moose that moose texture that very airy whipped kind of feel yeah kristen if you've never had a zebra
0: dome
1: have not actually they're
0: only at animal kingdom lodge it's the only place you can get them but they're delectable and i love them what's it a dome of yeah, so it's it's like a mousse consistency, and I know there's a liqueur in there somewhere, but um, it's covered with a white chocolate covering and then chocolate drizzle stripes to make it look like a zebra, and okay. I feel like there's a little thin slice of cake in there as well.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, but the outside is not like crispy, like not what you'd think, like a white chocolate crisp. Like it's very yeah. thin shelled. So you get very like a spongy whipped sort of bite. Oh, they're wonderful. Melt Cause, in your mouth.
1: Because I really hate white chocolate. Like white chocolate is the candy of Satan. Like I just- <laughs> oh,
2: no. <laughs> wow, that's a strong statement. Uh, no, you don't, you, won't get a, like, a, you don't get a white chocolate taste. Okay, it, that's It's good. definitely more it's of more a – It's more for looks. Yes, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. okay that's good. That was really harsh about white chocolate. I'm sorry. I guess to someone, to white chocolate's mother, I'm sure your white chocolate son is good.
0: I love white chocolate, and I was not offended, so it's okay. They say
2: white chocolate is not even chocolate. You know, it's
1: It's not right.
2: Yeah, it has no cocoa bean. Is that what it is, or the kakua, or whatever that bean is called?
1: I don't (laughs) know what it is. Just stay away.
2: I don't think that's right either. But anyways, it it doesn't contain any uh, of what makes chocolate chocolate. So it
1: contains nothing good. That's the bottom line.
2: All right. Well, then what's your answer, Kristen?
1: <laughs> it's a white chocolate fountain. That's what I want. No, just kidding. So <laughs> I wanted to, and I've, and I've never actually had this um, this food, but I thought it would make sense. So I think we should have fried macaroni and cheese in the shape of a Mickey head.
0: Yes. Right?
1: And I've never had fried macaroni and cheese because so I feel like I'm probably too old to be eating that at this point. But I think it would look good and it probably would taste pretty good too. And feels like unhealthy enough for theme park food.
2: You know what it kind of reminds me of? You, did you ever have baked macaroni and cheese? No. Okay, so it's like m- macaroni and cheese. except okay. th- Then you bake it and it has like a cheese topping that gets really like crisp. Derek, have okay. you had this? I think this is a Midwestern. Uh,
0: I ma- I'm making this tomorrow. Yeah, like you put in <laughs> the the uh, raw uncooked pasta in the dish and then you pour a bunch of like milk and cheese over it and then it bakes up in the oven.
2: Huh. Oh it's fabulous you should you should try it. I think yeah. this is the kind of consistency I'm picturing and okay. I'm for it.
1: it would look cute too, right like it, it might really be would. a little crumbly, but it would look good to start with at least
0: yeah, it makes me think they should also have those fried cheesecake bites but but mickey shaped
1: just anything fried in yeah pretty much
0: anything fried i'm I'm good with it yeah't you fry guys
1: Kool-Aid now
2: I think they Aid.
0: oh, no.
1: like just like the powder
2: i I can't tell you i how will oh.
1: You don't need to have that. Don't do the research. (laughs) I
0: know. I was like, oh, yeah, anything fried. And then Jeremy killed it. No, he did. (laughs) Sorry.
1: If you guys love Mickey shaped things, you have to go to Hong Kong and Shanghai because everything there is Mickey shaped and it's fantastic.
0: Is that where they have the soap dispensers?
1: That's in Tokyo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's that's definitely that too. You can't eat that, but it looks good. Yeah.
2: That's the foaming soap dispensers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love those. Those are adorable.
1: Yeah. So anyway, go to go to Asia for all the Mickey shaped stuff.
0: Yeah, because here we have it kind of sad. Like, I mean, there's the classic, you know, Rice Krispie treat and stuff, but the no. Mickey shaped chicken nuggets make me so sad.
1: Yeah, none of it's good here. I'm sorry. Like, it just it doesn't it doesn't look right.
0: Yeah, that's a shame. All right, uh, number five. If you could take home and own one thing, past or present, that is closely tied to Mickey Mouse, what would it be? Uh, Kristen kick us off.
1: Oh my gosh. So I am a total collector and so this is like I had to think about this a long time. Um, So there's this 1930s Mickey Mouse toy piano by Marx Brothers. Have you guys seen this one? No. So at the bottom is like it's like a toy piano shape but it's a little bit taller like the fallboard area is a little taller and there's Mickey and Minnie in there and then every time you you stroke a key Mickey and Minnie do a little dance. It's just the most fantastic thing you've ever seen. And in really vibrant colors like green and red and yellow. Like Google it.
0: How big are we talking? Mickey Mouse
1: piano, Mark's brother, like toy piano size. Okay. Yeah, they have one at the museum at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Okay, okay. But that's like someday, someday when we hit the lottery, that'll <laughs> be my first purchase because it's it's not coming cheap.
0: Yeah. So my. Answer that will never happen is, I mean, I would love an original sketch of Mickey, obviously, by either of Iwerks or Walt Disney or something, like, to just have a piece of that. I probably shouldn't be trusted with it, but it would be awesome. (laughs) Uh, But my maybe-this-is-one-day-possible answer is the giant, phantasmic billboard that's at Hollywood Studios. I just want that to hang above (laughs) my bed. It's so big, and I don't want that stupid pop-secret logo that's on it. But it's just like that image of Mickey holding back the dragon by shooting, it looks like fire out of his hands. It is such a sweet poster. Or it's a billboard. I mean, it's (laughs) straight up a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. But I want that thing.
1: That's awesome.
2: Uh, My answer actually was similar to Derek's in that it is, well, his first answer. And that is, I want the original sketches of Mickey from the family museum that they discovered, which they believe are the oldest drawings of mickey mouse i believe Mm -hmm. um they found them just randomly i think they said in one of the relatives uh safes in their attic after they passed away one of the brothers or nephews or somebody like that and they appear to be just these very early sketches of mickey mouse and when i see them even when i see pictures of them like it kind of takes my breath away at how and all of it you know this is the origins yeah. this is the this is the beginning and what was going through people's minds and what the conversation was that surrounded these sketches uh you mm. know obviously history knows the rest yeah. yeah kristen did you get the uh
0: the d23 gold member gift this year
1: oh yes i did
0: i thought that was such a great idea that little collection of mickey collectibles
1: yeah, I, I'm a huge D twenty three fan. Um they always do such a great job and their their gold member gifts the last couple of years have just been outstanding. Like really, really good.
0: Yeah, just every piece I flipped over, I was like,
1: Oh that's great. Oh this one's great too. You can touch it and not feel bad, like, oh don't touch this.
0: <laughs> right,
2: know? right, exactly. Yeah. Number six. Mickey appears as a magician in the Magic Kingdom, an explorer in Animal Kingdom, and a sorcerer in Hollywood studios. What is the theme you would like to see at a Mickey meet and greet in the future or in another park?
0: That's a good
1: question.
2: Yeah, this was good. This is you, Jeremy.
0: Thank you. I write all the good ones, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like me. (laughs) The, The only one I could think of is at Mickey's PhilharMagic in the actual movie, you know, he's wearing a very traditional tuxedo jacket with like the long tails in the back and then of course the whole movie is revolving around this hat that he needs to get back and it's the sorcerer's hat with the stars on it and i thought that would be kind of a cool meet and greet like you would have to have it at special events because to be able to meet mickey in two places in the magic kingdom would be confusing and disney would not allow that but if during like special events after you see Philharmagic, you could walk you could go meet conductor mickey in his tuxedo with his hat on i thought that would be kind of cool and the backdrop could be like instruments or something
1: now wait a second like in disneyland you can meet mickey on main street and also in toontown so you can't do that in disney world
0: that's true
1: i mean i like how you're trying to keep it like you know Like on, you know, on story for everyone, but it's okay, right? Like they do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess the meet and greet is open 20 or all day long, even though there's a parade featuring him. There's a stage show featuring him. Yeah, that's true. Not to
2: mention, at Hollywood Studios, Sweetums is in the film and he's standing in front of the audience (laughs) at the same time. So they're not concerned about consistency.
1: That's
0: true. And by by the way, thank you for that because I never noticed it. And then you pointed it out this week and now it's going to drive me crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It really bothers me. Um, So my answer is I would love to see Mickey in a... uh, I don't know, you know, we. I like Mickey a lot, don't get me wrong, and I like meeting Mickey in his wholesome image, but I think you could also, like, take him outside the box a little bit, particularly during the um, Halloween party, so I think I would like to see Mickey do, like, a meet and greet where he's... I don't know the right word—not creepy and not scary—but I'm I'm picturing like a, like a set of like a mad scientist sort of thing. Okay. And so Mickey is dressed as like a mad scientist, so he's got the, like this crazy look to him a little bit. I'm thinking more like a Dr. Frankenstein esque sort of feel, and so he's not just like nice Mickey, but he's kind of like ooh, that's kind of creepy, Mickey.
0: Are hmm. they gonna say like zombie Mickey or something?
2: No, no, that's a little too too over the over the top I feel. Yeah. But even even just like You know how like like Dr. Frankenstein had like that crazy hair and like that look in his eye when he's like it's alive? I'm picturing like that on Mickey's face.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: She blinded me with science. <laughs> <laughs> and singing that apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a must.
1: <laughs> so I think um I would like to see Mickey dressed a la harrison hightower in mystic point in hong kong disneyland oh, uh-huh. um just i mean I'm just kind of obsessed with mystic manor these days <laughs> and i think he would just be super cute in like kind of an adventury harrison hightower type outfit plus that mystic point area like i mean it has mystic manor so that's you know amazing but it could use a little something like it's not the biggest area so a little meet and greet i think could really plus that area of the park
0: i can see this i like this and okay, someone help me out with the Hollywood Studios meet and greet because it's, it's called meet or something about red carpet dreams with Mickey and Minnie and Minnie is in this glamorous silver dress looks like she's on the red carpet, but Mickey is wearing what he's wearing in Fantasia, which is like that. It looks like a red monks get with the yellow rope just kind of holding it up. What that does not scream glamorous to me. I don't get it. <laughs> Well, I think
2: it's because that's his biggest role in a movie.
0: Yeah, but actors don't walk the red carpet wearing the outfits they wore in a movie.
1: Yeah, but Mickey's a little dim. He might not have gotten the memo. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe
0: so. He saw Minnie and he was like, oh, shoot. Why didn't you text me?
1: Yeah, like no one told him it was a costume party, you know, like he didn't know. Or
2: maybe he's like he's he's like a Jim Carrey type where he doesn't care about the money and he's just going to, like, find his inner Zen.
1: You know, I don't think that's true. I think we have established that the mouse cares about the money.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's fair. fair. (laughs) I I, I rescind the further the previous comment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kristen, you want to take the next one?
1: Yes. Okay, this one. I'm really excited to hear what you guys want to say. Okay, so, Jeremy, let's start with you. Um, if you could open a Mickey-themed restaurant in a Disney park, what would it be like and where would you put it?
2: Okay, I'm going to uh, – I've, I've said a version of this before and I've kind of pieced it all together now. I'm going to take um, – I can't remember what it's called now, but it used to be Fulton's. What is Fulton's again? Oh, uh, Paddlefish. Paddle Paddlefish. There you go. At Disney Springs and because it's a giant steamboat. And so I'm going to turn that into a Steamboat Willie uh, a character meet and greet. And I'm going to add Old School Minnie. I'm going to add Peg Leg Pete. I'm going to add Horace and uh, Clarabelle, Cow. But they're all going to be like what they looked like in the 30s. So I'm going to have like, you know how how Steamboat Willie and Fantasmic has like that grays and black and white tone to him. Yeah, I want all the characters to have those tones. It's going to be like a totally retro meet and greet and it's going to be wonderful. I love that. I would eat there.
0: Paddlefish has zero character whatsoever.
2: And I'm going to add like five now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, literal (laughs) characters. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Uh, So, I don't know. This is such a stupid idea, but I'm just going to roll with it. So, I feel like in Hollywood Studios you could do... A restaurant... This is sort of meta... But it would be... Mickey's Deli... And it would work like a... Sort of classic deli... Situation... With you know... Really good... Hearty sandwiches... But it would be... As if... Mickey the movie star... Because he is a movie star... You know... He stars as Steamboat Willie... And he stars as the Brave Little Taylor... And all that kind of stuff... He... Owns the place... And everyone's, kind of like the Wahlburgers, and every once in a while he shows up at the restaurant. And so all around the restaurant you see stuff honoring Mickey the movie star. So, like, you see the poster for Steamboat Willie. Maybe you, could you even see, like, Mickey Mouse memorabilia throughout the years? Because they would sell Mickey Mouse plushes if Mickey Mouse was a movie star.
1: It's like his own hard rock.
0: Exactly. It totally is that. I didn't want to say it and I didn't want to say planet Hollywood.
1: Now we've ruined it. No, 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 no,
0: but that's cuz it would be an excuse to show off like a bunch of historical memorabilia
2: and movie posters. See, I'm picturing I'm picturing Mickey owning like like this little deli and it's like he's he's like this Jewish shop owner, you know, like <laughs> It's Mawinski, but we shortened it to Mouse to fit in when the when the we came from the old country. You know, yeah, like that.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not picturing like a street corner hole in the wall type deli. I'm picturing like you know, um, the the more it's catered to tourists, so it's a little bit bigger and more lush, that kind of thing. Nice tables. Gotcha.
2: I do like the idea of of like a like a Planet Hollywood parody though for Mickey, and like his outfits are in like in glass cases and things exactly that kind of thing and it'd be perfect for hollywood studios because
0: he's a hollywood actor yeah i
1: like it and your hollywood studios need some help right
2: it it really does
0: i don't know much
1: about it but i've just heard some things it's
2: on its way though i mean we got star wars land coming toy story land just opened which is very nice
1: i think we laugh at it sometimes on the west coast i don't know
2: We, we laugh we've we've been laughing at it for years But it's finally, it's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, Like a a kid in puberty, it's ready to glow up any minute now. The braces are coming off soon. (laughs)
1: That's right.
2: That's right. What about you, Kristen?
1: I'm going to go to a corner of our park, Disneyland, (laughs) that just needs a tremendous amount of help. So I'm going to go to Toontown. Because you've been to Mickey's Toontown in Disneyland. Yeah um besides the fact it's like the last exit before the sun it is so hot back there oh
0: my gosh I was just thinking that it's so hot in that little corner
1: you guys I have to digress and tell you a story so we were um we were doing it wasn't no we were just there like we were there one day and it was like I think it was on one of the Disneyland like birthdays like anniversaries and my poor husband who just is not great with heat like he just must have looked like he was death because we were standing around and it was like a million degrees and this cast member came up and was like Sir, can I get you some water? (laughs) Like, I've never seen a cast member come to someone and say, like, we need to get you some water. Like, you're going to go down. (laughs) Like, that's how hot it is.
0: If you die, I'm going to get fired for this. So
1: I know. I mean, it was really sweet and really funny at the same time. Anyway, so toontown, hottest exit before the sun. And there's just like nowhere good to get a bite to eat. So I want to open up uh, Mickey Mouse's hot diggity dog restaurant. And it'll be like hot. I really I just really like hot dogs. So lots of hot dogs. a would be counter service. And I think maybe a little Mickey. Maybe. Well, I guess you can't have a meet and greet because he's just down the road in his house. So mainly just hot dogs and treats. But a nice, like, nicely themed restaurant. Like, where you can just sit down and have something to eat. Because you just got to like, sit down and get some shade in Toontown. It gets bad back there.
0: No, that's a great idea. And it makes me wonder why they don't have a little walk-up window like that.
1: I don't know why they don't. I mean, because kids want to eat. And like I think there's like Clarabelle's ice cream is back there, and they have like snacks. But there's really, I mean, there's really no food back there for families. So, huh? I like it. I like it. Thank you. And who doesn't like hot dogs? Uh, what? You don't like hot (laughs) dogs? No,
0: I do. It just wouldn't be my first choice at a theme park. Well, we
1: can have, and because we're California, we can have like vegan hot dogs. We can have all the types of hot dogs. Hot dog for everyone. Okay. Maybe like a Polish sausage. Polish sausage. I All get the hot, it's like a hot dog bonanza. All the hot dogs you could ever dream Perfect. of in one stop shopping.
0: I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> All right, number eight. What is something Mickey related you own that you especially treasure, Jeremy?
2: Uh, for me, I have my Mickey ears from our time when we ate at D twenty not D twenty three Club thirty
1: three. Oh, that's <laughs> so, a good one.
2: Yeah, Derek and I had the opportunity to dine there uh, on our last trip to Disneyland, which was a few years ago now. And there's just something about being in Club 33, as you know. Uh, have you have you dined there? I, bl- I, I have. Bl- yeah. I am okay.
1: very, very thankful to have a number of friends who are members. So we've been many times, which I'm very, very grateful for.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'd love to go back, but it was one of those situations where it's like, I don't know if we ever will. So we're going to soak it all up while we're here. And we definitely bought some merchandise. And the Mickey ears uh, was one of those things. And they're probably displayed on one of my shelves. And it's just something that I will always, always cherish. Because, like I said, for a lot of people, myself probably included, that's going to be a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you wear them? (laughs) Every night when I go to bed. Yeah, I figured. Figured. Well, I'm just going
0: to go next because mine is is similar to that. So it's going to be kind of anticlimactic if I go last. Uh, mine is from the same trip, but it's actually the 60th anniversary Mickey ears. And the only reason they're special to me is because they're the first Mickey ears I ever owned. Oh, and I feel that's like that's... Nice. Yeah, so Jeremy and I didn't even go to the parks until we were in our 20s. That was the first time okay. we ever visited a Disney park. And I I just wasn't really into that kind of stuff. But like the more I go, the more I see how special the ears are just because they're so classic. Yeah. And so that was the first pair I bought. I wore them that first day I had them. And now still, when I look at them on the shelf, I'm like, I'm so glad I bought those, even though I don't wear them.
2: Let me tell you, he bought bought those ears and I was shocked because, again, that was totally not Derek. And then he proceeded to put them on. And not just for a photo, but kept them on throughout Paint the Night. And I was like, who is who is this person? (laughs) I don't recognize my friend. (laughs) And the next day I wore them the next day. Yeah, yeah. And I think that really was uh, the door opening to a whole new Derek. Because then he started dressing up in costumes for Halloween. Like (laughs) it just it just all opened up from there. Well, and
0: truth be told, that was the very last time I ever wore Mickey ears. But still, (laughs) I'll treasure it.
1: But it was Disneyland, so it was the best place you could have worn them.
0: I, listen, I love Disneyland so much. <laughs> I do. I do. You guys are lucky.
1: Yeah, we are. Okay, so my favorite thing. I'm totally going to break the rules because we're on, what, question eight here. I feel like I know you guys pretty well at this point. So I'm just I'm going off the rails. Because um, I was thinking, like, what do I have that I love that's Mickey Mouse? And we have some things. So we we are big collectors, my husband and myself. But we definitely lean towards more um, Disneyland, like, merchandise. And then I also really love ephemera. So we have a smattering of Mickey Mouse stuff. But my favorite mouse thing is actually Minnie Mouse, which I feel like where's the love for Minnie these days? Come on. It's her anniversary too, right? I thought the
2: same thing watching that special the other night. I'm like, Minnie is just as old and just as prominent and just as important.
1: And once again, she's just in the wings, biting her tongue, like just cheering on her mouse. So anyway, (laughs) so I'm going to have my favorite thing be Minnie Mouse. So, years ago, um, my co-host Jeff and I, who is also, he's way more of a collector than I am. um, We were on eBay, or actually, I I think I found this one, so I was on eBay, and someone had listed original costumes from like the 1930s Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Like, costumes from that parade. And they were so cheap, it was like $200 for the set, which, that's nothing.
3: For like right, right.
1: 1930s Mickey Mouse stuff. So we pooled our funds. It must have been a low point in our lives because we pooled our funds together. And he got the Mickey Mouse and I got the Minnie Mouse. But I have the costume from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like probably like 1934-ish, 35. And it's the top and the like the polka dot skirt. I don't have the mask. Like they were the people who held the balloon. Jeff actually has the mask to go with his mickey mouse that he had gotten before so i have to find a mini mouse mask eventually but yeah i have the costume from the the 1930s macy's thanksgiving day parade which it's in a box like i feel like in order to display it, i'm gonna have to get a mannequin which i'm just not ready to commit that much space in our <laughs> house to yet
0: <laughs> yeah
1: like that's a commitment right
0: now, the mask Jeff has, is is it the kind that really looks like a rodent, like the nose sticks out yeah. a lot? Oh, it looks man.
1: crazy, kind of like paper mache style, like yeah. not like not cute. If you guys just Google like Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, like 1930s Mickey Mouse balloon, you'll see these outfits and they just look wacky. But I love it. I, and I love that I have it and it was a total steal because I love a good bargain. It's a bargain, right? How cool.
2: Yeah. Do you ever look at that kind of stuff and maybe I'm just a weirdo because I'm a big history nerd as well. And you look at things and you're like, this is so old and this has seen so much more in its life than I have seen in my own life. Like like that has marched down Macy's Day, you know, the Macy's Parade and thousands of people saw it. And yeah. yeah, And then someone kept it. Somebody. Yeah.
1: Right. Like I would have given it to Goodwill. I wouldn't have kept it. Like I just the whole thing is amazing.
2: Well, especially in a day and age where that kind of stuff was not treasured by people or cared, you know? It was like, oh, that's what you wore. And then we cut it up and we reused it in a different
1: way, you know? And this thing is flimsy. Like, don't let it out in the wind. Like, it's really, (laughs) like, paper thin. It's really, really thin.
0: Oh, my goodness. But that was, like, Thanksgiving in New York City. They probably froze.
1: I know. And it made it. And then it lasted, like, how many years later? So that's my favorite thing.
0: Wow. And yeah, to think that people who were wearing it, like at that point, Mickey was what, like not even a decade old? No. And they're just
1: carrying that balloon, which that's got to be a feat. Like hats off to you balloon wranglers. (laughs) To all of them (laughs) listening to our show right now, we we salute (laughs) We salute you guys and like guys and gals. That's a hard job.
2: Did you uh, did you get any kind of story behind like why the person had it that was selling it?
1: No, they obviously had no idea what they had. Like I've had a couple of those luck lucky moments on eBay where the person just has no idea, and if I was a good person, I would say, "Listen, here's what you have and what you should probably be charging," and not like, and it's always like buy it now, kind of cheap. So I just swoop in fast, but I'm not that good, and I just bought it now cheap. So no, I don't blame you. No, don't. I think they're probably just they're probably just cleaning out somebody's, um, like a loved one's attic or something because they didn't even say like they didn't even know what it was from it was just like old Mickey Mouse Minnie Mouse costume they like, have no idea what it was oh, No, wow. you know but it's mine now
2: yeah your win they're lost <laughs> number nine what is a Mickey Mouse fact that impresses you that you like to share with others? Now, Chris and I got to tell you, I am a fun fact <laughs> person. Okay. I'm the type, I'm the most obnoxious person. When we you go somewhere, if I know something about something, I'm going to share it with you. Okay. So I love facts. And that's why I wrote this question as well. So I'm going to share my favorite Mickey fun fact first, if that's okay, because I don't want anybody yeah. to steal it. And my favorite Mickey fun fact is that the 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 fact that um, weighing all wine who was the voice of Mickey uh, for many years until he passed away, was actually married to Russie Taylor, who was the voice of Minnie Mouse, which to me is the most adorable Disney-esque thing that could ever happen. And yet... I've, I've read on several t- uh, different places at several different times that Disney really tried to keep it under wraps that they were married in real life because they had this fear that they were going to get divorced and then it was going to be the headlines, <laughs> Mickey and Minnie split up. Yeah. But the fact that they were together and, and Wayne, of course, uh, and... I uh, I was gonna say in recent years, but it's been more than in recent years. Unfortunately, he passed away. Um, Rusty is still alive, and I believe still doing the voice of Minnie Mouse. Um, but the fact that they were like you know married and actually in love and all that—it's so adorable.
1: That is really sweet.
2: I had no idea. You didn't know that? Mm-mm. Oh really? Oh yeah, they were the both the voice of Mickey and Minnie from I want to say like the '80s until I think Wayne passed away. But forever. In 2010, somewhere around there. And, uh, yeah, they were married and and happy and (laughs) all that. And so I'm just picturing, like, you know, we have this sort of, like, romanticized view of Mickey and Minnie together. And are they married? Aren't they married? But they've been together for forever. And then the voices of those two characters, like, you know, mirrored their characters. I just think it's so adorable. (laughs) I wonder what they sounded like.
0: Not doing the voices. <laughs> I was really wondering where you were going with that, and I'm glad you said. That. <laughs> I just mean, like at dinner at the dinner table, do they just kind of naturally have high pitched voices?
2: <laughs> I would, I would I think so, but. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, yeah. So I'm the opposite of you in the sense that I don't mind fun facts, but they just kind of go in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And so the only reason I'm saying this one is, is because I read it four or five years ago, I think on the Disney Parks blog, and it's just kind of stayed with me. And it's about the partner statue. First of all, having only been going to the Disney Parks for 10 or so years, I just assumed that that was there at park opening. Like it's such an iconic piece. You know, Walt holding Mickey's hand and pointing out into the distance. But it was only erected in the 90s. And I read that uh, Blaine Gibson, who helped sculpt it, used the movie Fantasia as a model because you see that's pretty much the only time you see Mickey interacting with a human. And so that's how you know about how high Mickey should be up to a certain point, you know, on Walt. And then finally, that piece also showed that. Or shared that uh, Mickey was originally going to be holding an ice cream cone in his left hand. Which I don't know why they didn't keep that. But in the end, they just decided to put his hand on his hip. Yeah. But anyway, I found all those facts to be interesting.
2: An ice cream cone would have been very random.
1: Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. It's a little bit odd.
0: Yeah. I It, it would seem more
2: like Mickey is Walt's child, I guess. <laughs> Well, then it's like, it's not a prop that I associate with Mickey Mouse. Yeah,
1: hold a hot dog. (laughs) He should be holding
2: a Mickey-shaped pretzel.
1: Right? Or Mickey waffle, something like that. Like, plug Um, the merchandise. (laughs)
0: That's right. He should be wearing Mickey ears, wearing one of those glow (laughs) necklaces, shooting some bubble wands.
1: Exactly. So I'm like you. I don't, like, facts just are nothing to me i just i cannot i can't remember things i was thinking about this one today and it was funny because we were actually watching mickey and the roadster racers my daughter was watching that before dinner and i was watching this and i thought oh i know what i want to say so i think my fun fact is that mickey's ears never really move like you never really see them from profile like he his face turns to the profile but his ears are still forward-facing have you noticed this
0: I feel like I've heard this recently, and it did blow my mind when I heard yeah, it.
1: Yeah, and, like, once you hear it, you can't not see it. Like, <laughs> right. it's all you're going to see now when you look at Mickey Mouse. And then it's, it's weird, too, because if you Google, like, you know, Mickey's ears don't move, that type of a thing, they'll show drawings. People have done drawings of what it would look like if they did move with his head. And it looks horrible. Like, it just looks so weird and so wrong, which just goes against science, right? Like, our heads move and our ears move and it looks normal. I don't know what it is. It must be just because we've always seen him this way. But it's really, really fascinating. Like when you watch Mickey in cartoons and animated things, his ears never go to the side. They're always forward facing. Yeah.
0: Next time I meet him at the parks, I'm going to be like, wait, turn to the left. <laughs> Let me take this in. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. All right, Kristen, take us home.
1: Okay. Last one. Number 10. If you could speak to Walt today, what is the one thing you would direct him toward to show what an impact Mickey Mouse has had on the world? This is a deep question, you guys. <laughs> oh, no. Derek, Derek, do you want to start? Well, my,
0: my answer is not very deep. Uh, this this was my hands down favorite attraction after the first week we spent in Walt Disney World. And they have this in Disneyland, too. It's phantasmic. And I just loved it so much. I mean, partly because it just used all different sorts of... Um, well, you know, it uses the screens, but it also uses live actors. And the music medleys are fantastic. And it, it just, like, it, it triggers all the senses, really. Yeah. But also the fact that Mickey is totally the star of this show... And this is the the first time we saw this. Jeremy and I always joke because the girl behind us, you know, when you see Mickey for the first time, she just started shouting, "It's Mickey! It's Mickey!" <laughs> and I would love to sit by Walt when that happened. You know, when people in the 2000s are still yelling, "Oh my goodness, it's Mickey!" And then you see all these modern films being represented, and then the big finale is Steamboat Willie, like the very original creation. Of Mickey still making an impact, I just think it's such a great show, and I love that Mickey is at the center of it. Yeah, I it's agree. A,
1: it's a great show. I love that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a little old now, but still, the fact no, that... it's
1: still perfection.
0: Okay, good, good, good.
1: <laughs> And just those Burnett banners on the back that and they're like waving those things is my favorite part. Do you know those are called Burnett banners?
2: I hadn't. No, I didn't know what
0: you meant. Fun
1: fact. That's a fun fact. Yeah.
2: Is it named (laughs) after Mark Burnett, the creator of Survivor?
1: Oh. Um, Luckily, no. It's after someone like some kind of, I think she was kind of a a vicious choreographer who did the phantasmic choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Burnett banners. That's a fun fact.
0: (laughs) That is a good fact. A uh, funny story, when Jeremy and I saw Fantasmic in Disneyland, the Mark Twain was being... No, not the... Yeah, the Mark Twain was under construction. So all the characters just stood on the island in front oh, of... Oh, that
1: is not as good. Oh I'm my sorry. Goodness, it
0: it just makes you realize how long that finale is because they just stood <laughs> yeah. there and waved
2: and waved and waved.
1: Oh, that's so uncomfortable for them.
2: Uh, totally. Yeah, when there's no kinetic energy it loses a little bit there in the in the yeah. translation.
1: They need the boat.
2: Yeah. Um so my answer again, not to get a little sentimental and sappy, but was um when I was watching the Mickey birthday special the other night on ABC. And they sort of like showed like Mickey's impact around the world and the fact that there are children all over the world and in countries where they don't even have televisions in every home and barely have electricity consistency, consistently and yet they still um, recognized Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. and he still brought a look of joy and excitement to them. I think that that's something I would want Walt to see. I'm sure he saw a little bit of that in his lifetime because obviously he lived for many years after Mickey Mouse sort of became the iconic Mickey Mouse that he is. But I think to see that it still has that lasting legacy almost 100 years later now, um, that's pretty impressive. Because I mean, think about the thousands upon millions upon, you know, millions of characters, cartoon characters and children's characters that have come and gone that, you know, may have a little place in somebody's heart now, but there's kids going, who? I mean, we talked about Wishbone earlier. You know, we know who Wishbone is, but, you know, your average preschooler today has no idea who Wishbone is. But the fact that we can say to a preschooler today, Mickey Mouse, and that person recognizes The same Mickey Mouse that an 88-year-old recognizes. That's impressive. Hmm.
0: And and you know what's impressive? The fact that you don't really find anyone who doesn't like Mickey Mouse. Like, there are so many cartoon characters where you kind of get, like, a divided response, you know. It's certainly in the Disney canon. It's like, oh, I don't like that character. But I don't really know anyone
2: who rolls their eyes at Mickey Mouse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't. He's the best one. Yeah. Very true.
2: And and even <laughs> even I'm gonna take a step further and say somebody like a like a Bugs Bunny, who I think is genuinely well liked, but there's still a certain segment of like moms who are like, Oh, I just don't like Bugs' disrespectful attitude yeah. or you know, I don't like the violence in that Bugs Bunny, whatever. You're never gonna get that with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: That's true. Well, a great mind a alike, because I was gonna say I would show Walt all of the preschools all over the world that have like the total off-model drawings of Mickey Mouse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like I really I would love traveling and I think the thing has been really kind of really similar to what you just said Like really striking to me is every country you go to has some nursery school with some homemade mural and there's always Mickey Mouse It's always Mickey Mouse on the side of the nursery school mural. Have you guys seen this when you've traveled?
2: I've seen it at Animal Kingdom and Harambe Marketplace. <laughs> it's true. That's true.
1: Yeah. It's just fascinating. And again, like really similar to what you're just saying. You know, the fact that in these countries where TV is not really a thing, somehow Mickey has. He's crossed those borders. He's everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take him to Times Square where you can meet the really janky looking <laughs> Mickey. Yeah. Whose costume hasn't been washed in months. And who will also steal that.
2: your wallet. Well, <laughs>
1: right. he's got to get by. <laughs>
2: it's true. It's a rough life out there for a mouse.
1: That is
2: that is truly Mortimer mouse right there.
0: That's it. That
1: <laughs> we all That's have it. an off day.
0: Yep. All right. Well, that does it for our mad cue party. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to once again tell our listeners where they can find you?
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. So um definitely if you have not checked out my podcast, um I have like I said three co-hosts, Jeff, Dave, and Becky and I, have a weekly show, Moustalgia. You go to com. Um, we have nostalgia on Twitter and Instagram and all the social media things. Dave usually does that thing at the end. So just look for nostalgia. Google us, you'll find us. And um yeah, if you want to know more about Disneyland or Disney history, we're definitely a place you can come and listen to. And then we just talk about random stuff too. I love it. It's very I love it. <laughs> it's very random sometimes.
0: Hmm. Well it's been super fun, uh, celebrating ninety years of Mickey with you. Kinda crazy. But. Yeah,
1: thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure talking Mickey with you.
0: Well, there you go. Mickey, 90 years old. I had a ton of fun celebrating him on this episode. Of course, thank you to our guests, Kristen and Matt. Go check out their shows. Um, before we leave, I do want to announce the winners of the giveaway from our last episode, Winning a Piece by Jared Maruyama. Uh, we we are giving away the piece, The Happiest Cruise, as well as a little set of magnets that go with it. Uh, the winner of that was Caitlin, so thank you, Caitlin, for entering that giveaway and then the winter the winner of the poster art of the disney parks a hardcover coffee table book which i own and love featuring some posters by greg maletic is going to listener lucas so thank you both thanks to everyone who entered and hopefully we'll have another giveaway soon uh jeremy any final thoughts on our favorite mouse's 90th birthday
2: well i was just going to say uh caitlin you're lucky that you're getting those prizes because i saw them and I almost did not let Derek send them out because I wanted them. They're, re- they're really cool. And the book is nice, too. Uh, yes, like, happy birthday to Mickey and Minnie. Uh, we don't want Minnie to get lost in the shuffle, but they both 90 years of influencing the world in so many wonderful ways. And I look forward to 90 more.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so tune in next week when we do our Minnie Mad Q party. Just kidding. That's, that's not going to happen. But we do love her.
2: <laughs> it's only five questions. Cause it's mini. Get it. Ah,
0: it's a mini episode.
2: Nah.
0: all right. We need to wrap this up. So <laughs> you can find us online at mad chatters on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to send us an email, you can do it at comments at madchatters.net And of course we're on Facebook. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Kristen, you can take us to number four if you want.
1: You know, do you guys mind if I stop? And I, I've sadly gone through all my water already, so I'm going to go grab just a little bit more. be back <laughs> course, in no like problem. 30 seconds. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, I'm back.
2: <laughs> all right.
1: <clears throat> Thank you for not hanging up on me. I mean, that would have been your out. Like, you totally could have got out at that point.
2: New <laughs> <laughs> phone,
0: who this?